We're not that way. Hey. Hey, whoa. Hey, man. Oh. David Cher. Thank you, dude. Nice. Thanks. All of a a great where, start. Where is that? I have to acknowledge R2R3 with the Tom and Jerry quote. That was great. Is you is or is you ain't, my baby. <laughs> that goes out to my fiance, Linda. She, she's, a, she's a good fan of, uh, a big fan of Tom and Jerry as well as her dog. So, oh, yeah. but, but not this. <laughs> Maybe not. No, she loves, she likes this show too. Love you, Linda. You're the star, man. That's right. So I mean, look at this. Look at this. You're, you're what's her name? Linda? Linda, yeah. Look at that. This dude's a rock. <laughs> this dude's a rock star. Thank you. This John. guy here. Everybody, leave a smash that thumbs up for John Biel. Woo! Yes. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. And David Absolutely. Share. David Share. Thank you so much, dude. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, hey now, everybody. This is John BL's Stratterday Night Live. Welcome, it is everyone. December 4th, 2021, 8, 19, 11. So it's about 11.04 Eastern, 8.04 Pacific. Just turned 11.05. In Santa Cruz. Just turned 8.05. It's time to rock. <laughs> That's right. There you go. Right? 1986. That's right. <laughs> All man. over again. Let's Let's pretend. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, hey, we'll, we'll, uh, we've got some stuff to, uh, to talk about. Definitely. Awesome. So, hey, let's, let's, let's make this a proper show and let's, let's say hello to the, uh, top tier of channel members here on Johnny Bean TV here on YouTube. They are, they're the executive producers. And look at them. Look at look at them. Look at look at this list. Man, now that, that's a list, man. Look at all the people on that list. <laughs> look at this. We got Dave Ennis. We got Vinyl Freak 5150. We got Mike Neese. Our Mike Neese. We got Music Therapy Laz. Majestic PB and J Cat. Wayno. False Flag. Andy Carson. Michael B. R. Habs. The Chad. Lenny Lou and Mary, James Gum, John Moronic, Stephen Franklin, Michael Smith, the captain, who uh, I don't know if we'll see him tonight or not. Yeah, Haven't we'll heard. see. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll see him. Thomas Santiago, Joe Christian, Jimmy Ray Hawkins, and Steve Carmichael. Steve Carmichael. Steve Carmichael. Woo! Yes, I was. I was actually telling Steve Carmichael today. The Carmeister. Yeah. In in a uh, <laughs> over on my EVH Gear Live was it the Facebook uh, page maybe I'd posted uh, you've you've seen it there there's a a picture of a of a bar I guess it's a Hard Rock I guess it was in Dallas Texas at some point 
and it, it looks like the the Kramer 5150. I don't know. If I, I'm sure I've seen it. I, I can't uh, recall it you, right away. You had to. Well, here. I'll show you. I just happen to have a. What was uh, it on your on the on the on the Facebook or your Twitter? Or? Yeah, uh, my my Facebook and my oh, okay, Instagram sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. at EVH Gear Live fan account. Nice. I posted that last night, and I, yeah, I, I believe believe it was it was a Hard Rock Cafe in Dallas, Texas. I keep hearing. Sorry, it's blurry. But uh, Steve Carmichael said he's actually been there. He actually sat at that bar. Wow. And so I said to Steve Carmichael, I'm like, dude, you I'm could build what that. Vo- what the volume pod is there or any, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Steve's it's... a woodworker. That's right. Sorry. It's blurry. No, that's all right. <laughs> the volume pod is actually a, a menu, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. It's like yeah. menu and, and the oh, that's cool. catch that's really up cool. and all that stuff. But yeah, very cool. Nice. Very cool. You guys. And speaking you of know, Dallas. Look at that. Look at that. Speaking of Dallas, we can uh, we can talk about that as well. But uh, let me just say hello to our uh, let's see. Well, it was David share. David share. There you are, man. Supporting the show. Love it. David share. Thank you so much, dude. As always. See, if you guys are wondering what that is, that's called a super chat here on YouTube. And what that does is that triggers the the lights back there in the guitar moir. So if you'd like to help support the channel, support these shows, any super chats will change the color of my lights. It's magic. You guys saw that instantly as soon as we started tonight. David Scherer, there you are, man. Got to support the team. Steve Carmichael. Steve Carmichael. Steve. <laughs> yeah. So any any super chats will change the color of my lights. We're also live on Facebook, Johnny Bean TV Facebook page, where if you'd like to help support over there, we have what are called Facebook stars, which is a, a digital gift <laughs> that helps in the production of these shows. Uh, we're live all over Facebook, the Van Halen 74 to Forever Facebook group, just under 63,000 members. Growing bigger and bigger every day. Uh, out of control, let's just say. EVH Gear Live, Facebook group, Facebook page, uh, my own personal profile where I'm booting out the weirdos. So if, if, you, if you'd like to uh, uh, stay on Facebook, on my Facebook page, <laughs> you, you can add me at John, middle initial E, and then B-E-A-N, John E. Bean. That's my other page. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and here's Paul. <laughs> I heard somebody breathe in there. Little case of, uh, little case of the, uh, allergies. Oh, man. Decem- oh. December 4th, <laughs> December 4th. I, it's, it's, it's having, I'm having a hard time breathing. It's a little snotty here. We have a change of seasons. It's fall. What is it? Like 85 out? Most days? Uh, it it was during the day, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's 61 now at, at 10 past Ooh, 9. So A frigid 61. Oh, it's that's that's, uh It may drop down into the 40s by 2 o'clock oh, no. in the morning. So, yeah. Again, we're, we're looking at, uh, we are two weeks away, uh, closer to three weeks, but about, about 20 days away from our four-day winter. From uh, from December 19th through the 23rd or so, um, <laughs> it gets pretty cold here. 
Wow. Tell. I hope you can make it. Make it through. Well, the, it'll, uh, it'll be very difficult. Times. Rico B knows what I'm talking about. We have to close the windows on days like that. We have. We actually have on our uh, on our news, which is funny. Our news uh, casters would be like, and you may want to go outside and cover your plants. Schools like, probably big... cancel, cancel, cancel school. You know, make um, sure all the kids can don't uh, have to deal with the the low low temperatures. Uh, it's pretty interesting. Um, <laughs> we almost have stuff like that, but no, it's not quite. It's not quite that bad, but it's uh, it's pretty funny. You know, the, our four day winter, um, people that you know, you have to wear a jacket. Like I, I'm still wearing shorts. Like you still, oh yeah, you know, I take, go that take the dogs out at like one o'clock in the morning, and you're still wearing shorts. Yeah. Um, it's very difficult to enjoy the Christmas spirit when when the Christmas lights are going up the stem of a palm tree. Hmm. You know, people wow. who live in in subtropical climates know what I'm talking about. Florida, um, you know, Mississippi, down the Gulf Coast. Um, you know, Southern California, they know exactly what I'm talking about. It's very difficult to think about Christmas when you see these commercials and they're giving away, you know, these beautiful uh, Lexus yeah. and, 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 and luxury vehicles. A guy's buying a hundred thousand dollar, a pair of hundred thousand dollar Denali trucks. Cause that's what we do mm -hmm. um, for Christmas. Uh, and they're in this nice snow, the, you know, this snow environment and all that stuff. It's like, Ooh, 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 I'm in shorts. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's it's sort of it's sort of like that here too, where you got the palm trees with the lights and it's cold, but it's not that cold, you know. Right, yeah, Jason McNamara. You, hey, good to hello, see Jason. You, hey, wow. Jason Mac, Mac, McNamara. McNamara. Yeah, you guys, you guys are you guys, you know, have the toilets to go the other way in direction too down there. <laughs> so they're all fucked <laughs> yeah, up. Right. Australian, well, they, the Australians they out of them? Yeah, the Australians. <laughs> the Australians are fucked up. They have, <laughs> Oh man! And Bart Simpson introduced <laughs> frogs to, to Australia. Yeah. Oh yeah. See, uh, the uh, the uh, the Australians have you know Santa Claus and his eight tiny deadly reptiles. Oh man. <laughs> Australians are awesome. Well, though. They have the best rock. The best rock comes. I was going to say wallabies, but I think that's New Zealand, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. That's koalabies. Koalabies. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You, now you're okay, Doctor Moreau. Guys, like over there, he's gene splicing <laughs> these marsupials <laughs> that you get. Kang <laughs> Kangaroos. 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 Right, here we go. Crikey. Once you start, once you start doing the accent, Jason's like, "All right, everybody, I'm out." The Crocs there. <laughs> We love you, Jason. Thanks for. And by the way, what the fuck would Jason know about being on Australia? He's in Japan. I, <laughs> I hope. So. I hope hmm. he's in Japan. I don't know. He's from Jason, Australia. Jason is literally big in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's a, he's a big guy. <laughs> wow, Kevin Coachell. We'll we'll get to that. Even though John Biel and I didn't hear it. Uh, um, somebody. Although heard. we've heard it before, I was saying that for years. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, look, um, a lot like I don't know if any of you guys have been watching the the Get Back documentary about the Beatles. Um, a lot like every other band, there is one cornerstone pivot. There has to be a leader in every organization, uh, and the fact fact of the matter is, it was uh. It was Dave. Mm -hmm. He was the leader. He may not have been the musical, you know, impetus, but he was the leader. He was the guy that ran the show. Um, and, mm -hmm. and, uh, the and, and yes, um, he was clearly the guy.
Yeah. Generally, lead vocalists are kind of the leaders of of the band. Well, they're the, they're the extroverts, you know, so they tend to be the, the mouthpiece and the people that um that you know they they're they're the ringmaster on stage the face. so yeah they're, they're the, the face ones that, of, of the band but when you're talking about you know they're the, they're what you hear most of the time they're the identity of the band the vocalist is always the identity of the band they may not be they may not be um you know the most musically talented guy in a band i mean you know obviously robert plant not the most musically talented guy roger daltrey uh, a variety of people number of people um <laughs> Clearly not the most talented musically, um, but certainly the people that make the machine go. Um, and mm. in Robert's case, he got credit for a lot of shit that Jimmy Page did. Um, so, oh, good. Thank okay, you, Black Slam. We're, we're, keep, we're keeping up, uh, keeping up with with Michael's. It's kind of uh, like a Primus approval. thing. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely a Primus thing. <laughs> no, but I think yeah, I think in the early years, wasn't Alex? Alex was kind of like the the head honcho and then when dave came into the picture it was probably well i mean he took yeah. over slowly but surely yeah i think when you're dealing with when you know uh, the fact i think the thing that we all know um is unless he was drunk and holding a guitar edward van halen was an introvert um and those people that by the way that's very common with guitar players guys who are good have this tendency to be because all they know is isolation and guitar playing and that's good. <laughs> and that, and by the way, that's a good thing. That's the trade-off you make. Some people are good at the mouth. That's their skill. And some people are good with the fingers. And that's their skill. And when you find that chemistry, the Steven Tyler, Joe Perry, the Pete Townsend, Roger Daltrey, the Dave, Eddie, Jimmy, Robert. I mean, that Mick, Keith, that's a thing. stories of it. Yeah, every, you know, yeah. Dozens of bands. Thank you, Eric, the number one Van Halen host. Yes, I appreciate that. I I do not feel well. I have, like I said, I have a little bit of a little bit of allergy. Yeah, just some allergies. It's all good. <clears throat> yeah, be nice. Yeah. I don't oh, wait a minute. I... No, nah. <laughs> that's impossible. <laughs> wow. Did Johnny? Did you watch any of the Beatles uh, documentary? I watched the first one. Mm -hmm. I watched it last Sunday as I was folding laundry. And then that's a uh, lot of laundry. Three hours of yeah, laundry. It's a long. Actually, yeah. I sp I spent most of the time not folding the laundry. Although, okay. don't tell anybody. Um, but no, I watched it. I've been meaning to watch the other ones until uh, before my subscription runs out of uh, Disney Plus. Although I've been watching The Simpsons every night because they're <laughs> on Disney Plus now. All the ones, all the fun, actually, actually the funny ones from the the early years. Oh yeah, the mid ninety ones, and they're hilarious. I'm not going to give away any spoilers in the get back thing, um, but I will tell you, Paul McCartney wrote the music to Imagine. Hmm. Inadvertently did it. Uh, if you've ever heard of, 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 a, of a, a psychological phenomenon known as cryptomnesia. Um, oh, yeah. Cryptomnesia is when you when you experience something and then later uh, recall it as something that is your own idea. Um, and I can tell you that there is a point and that happens I mean, to me all the time on YouTube. Yeah, there's a <laughs> there's a uh, um, a point at which John and Yoko, um, and by the way, we all owe Yoko Ono a little bit of an apology. She didn't do shit. She just sat around. She was like, like, like for anybody that thinks that Yoko Ono broke up the Beatles, watch the Get Back documentary. She right. didn't. She's useless. Um, and, and by the way, that's a compliment. Um, she she just basically sits on a chair next to John because John 
is an insecure, domineering, dominating human being who is looking for both a mother figure and a possession. I mean, he's that, that's kind of, that was his, his persona. Um, and so she just sits there like a, like a loyal dog um, and never really injects herself into anything except when they're having a fun jam, they have a fun jam and Yoko's there, you know, screaming and yelling and, and fucking <laughs> yeah, around. Doing her thing. Oh, her I musical saw, thing. I saw that part. Yeah. yeah but, but I she's not, uh, but she's not a, she's not a problem. She's not, she's not the, the intrusive girlfriend that she has been painted no. to be. Right. Um, in fact, Linda McCartney says more in her, and I'm only, I'm only, you know, one and a third episodes through it. Me too. Um, yeah. I'm about Linda that. McCartney says more during her, uh, appearances than Yoko does. I've watched the entire three hours of the first segment and a good portion mm -hmm. of the second segment. And Yoko was in the entire three hours of the first segment. And she I'm was knitting. She was writing. Yeah, she, she didn't was... do shit. <laughs> um, yeah, she didn't do shit. And then, uh, anything but intrusive yeah and then there's that area uh that area where where paul mccartney is actually sitting at the piano working on it i'm not going to say what it is but there's another song that he's working on and during that period and john i know you heard it too because you play keyboards he's working on something and that and that that pattern of, oh. of imagine comes I, I i i do remember hearing something that that brought yeah. me back to imagine yeah yeah I, you it heard it been the I same it. point yeah i heard it and i went Oh shit, that's imagine. Right. Um, and John is sitting <laughs> off to the side, um, off to the side with Yoko, and I hear it, and I'm like, oh shit. And I brought I immediately picked up my iPad and put it on Facebook. I'm like, I just heard Imagine. I just yeah. heard Paul write Imagine. I go, if I heard it, John heard it. Uh, and then somebody else goes, Well, you know what Kryptonesia is, and like that get into this whole conversation <laughs> oh, about the psycho. Uh, so you know, that's why when you when going back to A1 gaming. Your entire your text is what predicated this entire conversation, and that is yes. David Lee Roth uploaded something and explained how he had something to do with the striping of Eddie Van Halen's guitar. Um, you know, any sort of a Jedi mind trick suggestion that can happen in a rehearsal situation or a band meeting situation can. You know, Eddie starts painting something, and and Dave could go, "Hey, man, you should stripe it up like really weird, so like it's unique and people can't copy it." And that's it. That's his part. I mean, you know, he suggested it. And Eddie goes, hmm, maybe I should yeah. stripe this all up. It's the Jedi mind trick. That's kryptonesia. Um, it's a real thing. And so, yes, we did read your your text. And that's what predicated this diatribe. Wow. Thanks for, thanks for listening. Thanks for texting. Thanks for playing. Although I would say that I think... I did hear the same thing you heard in, in the Get Back documentary, but I'm I would bet over the subsequent 10, 15 years until Imagine, he may have heard it a few it more wasn't times 10 from years Paul. Ago. Well, what was it? No, it was less. Well, John Imagine was released in what eighty? I think. Uh, no, when was John Pial. Wasn't that on his his? Uh, last album i could be wrong <laughs> his last album somebody in the chat john, on john uh john lennon's last album when no. was uh i thought it was imagine was his was his no or was it uh, no, double uh, fantasy it came out two 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 years after uh, literally a year after oh, okay. Let it be, 1971 right. not 100 i see yeah i'm not a big i'm not on top of the uh john lennon catalog post post beatles Oh, Nard Halen, hmm. give me a break. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. What? 
What? <laughs> oh, no. Well, it doesn't have anything to do with a stage set. Mike, oh, my God. Taken down to, <laughs> to army size. He's, he's not... John Bale wasn't even born yet. I don't Come know on. the the date of of Imagine. I just know that you know. I I am thinking of what, on the, the his last album of uh, was it Double Fantasy? Was that his last album, or was that his second Probably. album, or his first album? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Either way, it was 1971. It was awesome. Yeah. All right. It came out in 71. So anyway. Just because we heard it in the my I guess my point was just because we heard it in the Get Back documentary doesn't mean it was the only time that that Lennon might have heard it as an earwig or you know earworm or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean that's you know, and, and he, he, they probably played it you know and not that not that I wouldn't I don't know if John stole it maybe he did I don't know but I don't uh, I would I didn't say he stole it. What I said was no I know was, I know I'm Paul just McCartney kind of, wrote wrote the wrote the music to it and inadvertently John I mean look there's only twelve notes so there's a but what you what you do is you've got when you've got somebody on sitting at the piano and the way Paul does this, and again, this is, this is the brilliance of, of the get back documentary. When you've got Paul playing this, you know, and he's playing a, a flowing pattern on the keyboard, a rhythmic pattern where he's just playing high notes, low notes, high notes, low notes, and he's just going back and forth. And suddenly you hear that, that pattern, that rhythmic pattern, you go, Oh, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and if you listen to the song that, um, that is, one of the primary hits off of that those recording sessions and again i'm not going to give away any spoilers but if you go back and listen to that particular song you can hear imagine in it as well so it's an interesting it's an interesting um an interesting takeaway from that is and by the way let's just make it very clear watching the beatles sit down in that rehearsal studio this is if you're a musician you really should watch this documentary even if you don't like the beatles yeah um yeah that jay in that yeah if you're if you're a musician <laughs> um watching this because it really is a fly on the wall perspective um mm -hmm. it will make you miss being in a band more than anything in the world i i know that's how i felt about it i'm, I'm sure johnny probably felt the same thing you're in that room and you're watching people just jam and create and it's the most amazing feeling in the world to sit down and watch people come up with this magic thing out of nothing. And the Beatles did it with ease. I mean, their throwaways well, are like, like at one Paul point. Paul did it. Yes. Paul did most of it. It was all Paul. But, After seeing that. It, yes. And I, no, I had never, because he I had, had never, beaten, he beat George down because George, George presents, I will give this part away. George does present the song. All things must pass in those sessions. And they all go, oh, no, that's shit. And it's not shit. It would have probably been the best song on the record. I mean, All Things Must Pass is a phenomenal piece of music. But by the time 1969 you know, rolls around, 68, 69 rolls around, George has had enough of their shit. George is just like, I don't know. I'll just sit here and play. Tell me what you want, and I'll sit here and play. And it's one of those, that's more John than George. But um but it's so amazing to just see those guys sitting there and they're jamming these things out and they're like making shit up and you're like, Oh, work on that. What do you mean? No, what? <laughs> you know, yeah, like, it's like very like, small like, snippets of everything that's that they give you. And yeah. The and you get, film. you get a, um, you get a, a sense of, um, 
you know, somebody related to the Gallagher brothers probably took that raw footage and brought it to them in the 90s and went, look, this is the template for your career. Just take all the <laughs> shitty ideas that the Beatles had and write songs around them. And then you get Champagne Supernova. Um, <laughs> which, by the way, is a phenomenal song in its own. Yeah, it's all, yes. it's all, it's all great stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll watch part two uh, tomorrow. While I'm folding laundry. <laughs> I think. But yeah, Paul, you're right though. Watching that, it it, it reminded me of of. Uh, well, actually, most of the bands I was in, you you get people just fighting nonstop with each other. <laughs> yes. And, and while you're sitting around, like like, can we pl just play? You know, while the singer's screaming at the drummer, and and, and you know. I'm used to hearing more of this at band practices than that's than what actual, I remember from any band than actual amazing music, right? Well, but... that's the, and that's the difference between every <laughs> every other failed band and the Beatles. Like, oh, and, they, I'm and, sure they had their, their yeah. share of that though too. You know, well, and obviously, then, uh, obviously they did. And then you get well, actually, not as much as you think. Like that's the other thing is, um, if there's two words I can use to describe the Beatles uh, that you don't hear very often, it's self-aware. Like those guys were well aware of how important they were by this point, what the expectations of them were, and they literally didn't take it that seriously. Um, I think to a fault, and I think that's part of the reason why it didn't go well and why they didn't split up. And yes, Jason McNamara brought it up a little bit. Ago, McNamara brought it up a couple of minutes ago, and that is uh, Paul actually sits there and states, you know. Um, 50 years from now, people are going to be saying the Beatles broke up because Yoko sat on an amp. <laughs> yeah, he, I, I mean, he one. fucking nails it in that yeah. one sentence. He nails the epitaph of the Beatles. He saw it. He sees it. He acknowledges it. He acknowledges that he's an asshole. Like it's these. This is the great thing about this: is you learn a shitload. Two things you learn about the Beatles: a, it's Paul's machine, without <laughs> mm -hmm. a doubt, and b, yeah. Paul knows that he's point. a fucking asshole. Yeah. He knows Paul is completely aware that he's a fucking jerk and that he's a domineering asshole. And he's trying to stop. He's trying to say, Hey, I don't want to be this guy, but you guys have got to fucking pull your own weight. And by that point, I think they, you know, John had decided as is always the case, you can't serve two masters. Um, sometimes it gets to the point where you say your, your woman or your band. Um, and if your band is not going well, and I can tell you, I made this choice as well. If your band is not going well and you're not getting along and you're fighting, you go with the sure thing. And the sure thing is your woman, because your woman is supposed to be with you for the rest of your life and your band may or may not. Um, uh, mm -hmm. And as is often the case, you make the wrong choice. And I did the same thing. Um, but it's, it's a pretty amazing thing. And Ringo, uh, I don't, I think he says even less than, 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 uh, than Yoko in it. And yet he's phenomenal. He's funny. He's on top mm -hmm. of everything. He's completely aware of what's going on around him. He is the Michael Anthony of the situation. Keeps his mouth shut, does his part, and he's great. So anyway, um, oh, what that? I'm saying is if you have, if you have, oh, nice purr. Oh. If you have Disney Plus, um, you should watch the Beatles documentary. If you don't have Disney Plus, you should get Disney Plus and watch the Beatles documentary. If you like music, if you like music, um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's worth buying. Um, 
if you're and if you're serious, if you're a serious musician, yes, at all, you should watch this regardless. Right. Yeah. It's it, a, it's it, a, it's a, it is really as if you're a musician, if you play music or if you ever aspired to play music for a living and you wanted to see what it can be like when it's great and what it's like when it's not great, this thing has all of that. Um, you know, G. Yeah. Bucknoff, I'm going to say the only one who made something after the Beatles was Paul. Paul was certainly the best. He was certainly, and I, and I, I will stand by this until I draw my final breath. Paul McCartney is by far the most talented musical individual in the Beatles. That doesn't mean that George Harrison isn't a phenomenal guitar player. He is. Although you notice that he defers to another guitar player, and I'm not going to say who it is, um, but he defers uh, to another yeah. guitar player throughout the majority yeah. of this documentary. Right. He's not necessarily jealous, but envious. And he's basically saying, Paul, if you want that kind of guitar in this song, you need to call this person. Right. And they had no problem saying, hey, man, I can't do this. Let's get an outside musician to come in here and make it work. Well, Which again speaks to confidence, and they did. It's so good. It's such a good, such a good documentary. Um, but Paul was certainly the most musically prolific. That doesn't mean that John and and even Ringo, to a smaller degree, and George didn't have moments of brilliance because they did. But Paul is certainly the most talented member. Well, of the and also by, by as far, far as as far as who yeah. was the leader, Brian Epstein had died. You know, just a year or so before. So yes. And that's an interesting he point. Was, he was like the dad. The, I mean, I think they even said it in the documentary, yep. or at least in a review, that he was like the dad. And then somebody had to take over after Epstein, Epstein, Epstein had died. The, the interesting point is these guys are almost, um, these guys are almost thirty years old, and they still refer to Brian. Not Epstein even. As yeah, they're twenty eight, yeah. twenty nine years old, yeah. um, and they refer to Brian Epstein as Mister Epstein. Right. Um, they're still showing some, some, and Paul nails that too. They have a meeting and again, I'm not going to give it all away, but they have a meeting and they recognize that without a central figure to tell them what to do, where to be, what, you know, what their, their, their output should be and what everybody's roles are. They were a rudderless ship and without a leader and without a manager like Peter Grant did for Led Zeppelin. Um, and like, uh, oh, I forget the guy who did for the who, uh, John. Jump y'all. Oh, uh, chat. <laughs> I have no idea who it was. Yeah, I, uh, I forget his name. Uh, I can't um, think of it. He died also. He died young too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, someone in the chat knows. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, when, and Dan of New Jersey. Yeah. Paul took himself very seriously when it was time to play music. Cause, but he had, he understood that at some point you have to exhale and give other people, um, other people uh, uh some space i forget the who's manager but he was <laughs> oh, we're all trying to think of it right now uh yeah it's driving me nuts somebody yeah richard richard cole just died keith campbell that's led zeppelin's road manager i hope i get it before somebody else <laughs> yeah i don't uh, want i don't want to google it i'd rather not google it but kit something or other kit lambert kit lambert kit lambert yeah Thank you. <laughs> Is that is it Kit? Isn't Kit Lambert, Lambert and the, Stamp? Chris Stamp was the other one. Lambert yeah. and Stamp were the two. Uh, one, I think Kit Lambert was. Yeah, he was like a filmmaker early on, and then that's why I think they used Chris, the name Kit Lambert in in, in uh, Bowfinger, right? Maybe I don't remember that so much. Yeah, I think that's. I'm going to Google it now. I'm so it's driving me nuts. <laughs> it was definitely Kit yeah, Lambert. Yeah, it's, it's Kit was, Lambert. Yeah, was the he was yeah. Yeah, it wasn't was Steve the, Carmichael. No, it wasn't Steve. No, it wasn't Steve. But he's he's the guy. You know, every every great band needs that 
needs that sort of focal point. And when, when Brian Epstein died, Paul became that guy. Yeah, exactly. They needed it. And maybe that's what happened with, uh, with Van Halen when, uh, when they pushed Noel Monk out of the way. Sure. Hmm. Yeah. Keith Campbell, uh, Kit filmed them from the beginning. Yeah. One of the first early before they were even called the who it was the high numbers. I think uh, high numbers. Yeah. He filmed them at, um, it was almost like a, just a house party, um, for a, a short film he was making. Yes. Lambert and stamp. There's a, there is a documentary about Lambert and stamp. Hmm. Yeah. Very cool. So, what else is in the news? <laughs> yeah, Get Back is great, and I can't wait to watch the rest of it. It was, uh, it's phenomenal. It's, yeah. I mean, and there's apparently a director's cut coming out that's going to be like 10 DVDs. It's supposed to be like 50, 50 hours of oh like they're going to show. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be amazing. Uh, it's funny. I'm getting a lot of people asking. This is going to make everybody laugh. The head rush is great. Still, still in the box. <laughs> still looks good. Oh, yeah. Still looks good. I've had it for a week. It's still, it's really uh, still in there. Good as new. Good as new. <laughs> so good. I've actually just been, I've actually just been playing guitar just dry, man. Just for the most part this week, it's just been dry. You know, just just plugged into an amp and just sort of doing my thing. This is these are fucking. If you're looking for a guitar that's somewhere between a Les Paul and an SG, this is your metal guitar right here. The Explorer is the way to go if you want to if you want to play heavy music. But I can also get some nice jazz tones out of it too. Yes, very cool guitars. Good guitars. I've I've had a couple. Yeah, Explorers are good guitars. A few. I've had a few of those. Ish. Yeah, they're they're tough to play, uh, though, because you've got a lot of wood on the outside there, and you have a tendency to to smack things with them. You know, they're very long guitars. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you you got to be careful. We, we I was in a band years ago. We played a gig at a at a bowling alley, and you have this tiny little stage in the in the bar area. And I was playing an Explorer, and I remember being really careful turning <laughs> around because you get this part right here. You know, I was saying the other week. Uh when texas joe was on that uh yeah my second guitar was a hondo explorer it was a checkerboard um what was it after uh, we saw it we looked at pictures yeah you guys looked it up it was after um uh, cheap trick you know they're they're um nielsen rick nielsen's yeah. checkerboard no, they're great they're good they're great Aimer. guitars by the way just going back to the beatles quickly santa cruz 3600 george george's all things must pass put out after the beatles right but some of the songs that were on that phenomenal album were written during the Let It Be sessions, and he presented some of that stuff in the Beatles scenario. And John and Paul, Paul's like, no, I don't think it's going to work. John's like, oh, that shit. The fact of the matter is, it was better than what they had come up with at the time. Um, keep in mind, and there's a point, um, there's a song on Let It Be called I Me Mine. And I Me Mine. Yeah, yeah, I Me Mine. And, and the way it's introduced... Just the idea that I Me Mine, which is an okay song. It's not great. It's not bad, but it's okay. I mean, in the Beatles catalog, it's okay. To another band, I Me Mine would be, oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I had that in my head for the, for as soon as I had watched the first show. I, yeah. I, I can't think of it now, the, the, way, the way he sings I it. I Me Mine, I Me Mine. It's almost like a, 
Yeah, lie, 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 fucking Simon. Because they all recognize that Simon and Garfunkel, and that's another thing they point out. They're the Beatles were aware of what was going on around them. No. Oh no! Oh my God! Too soon. We were we were going so well. Um, so they they come in. They come in, and the Beatles are very workmanlike. They come in every morning, and they've got their suit jackets on. Good morning, 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 morning. And they all start to eat some toast. Yes, they all come in like, um, and George Martin is getting them drinks. Anybody need something <laughs> oh, to drink? Oh, yes, yes, like yes, they're George. coming in on trays. Like they're they coming, have yeah, but, yeah. throughout the whole. Well, that was when they go into when they go back to the Apple Studios. Yeah, they've yeah. got drink. They've got drink girls. But while yeah. they're in Twickingham, um, George Martin is serving them drinks. <laughs> Sir George fucking Martin. Like the Beatles are sitting around, and yeah, anybody want anything to drink? And it was yeah, I'll take a beer. You know, and they go and they and fucking George Martin comes back with the drink order. Like you think to yourself, <laughs> yeah, yeah. George Martin, like they didn't have a minion to do that for them. They did. They had like 16 minions. Right. Their 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 transcriber, Mal, who is basically does the job for the Beatles, what Steve Vai did for Frank Zappa. He's a transcriber. Like the Beatles, that's the other thing. They're in there, they're creating all this. This is such a good documentary. They're they're sitting <laughs> there creating this music, and they've got guys, they'll sit there and go, um, write that down. And there's a guy yeah, going, people yes, writing sir, lyrics, writing, writing notes. Yeah. All and, of them. Yeah. and by the way, rewriting songs, there's a point where Glenn Johns, Glenn Johns looks at, at the guys in the Beatles and he makes a suggestion and they think it's absolute shit, but they don't say anything. And the camera's on Glenn Johns and he just goes, <laughs> like, <guess> sorry. <laughs> Yeah, he was a little out of place, at, at least uh, from what I've seen so far, and and I think it's a lot so of them good. Were, were a little bit out of their minds at certain points. Glenn oh, Johns, it's... he he looks like he's he's a couple of times. Oh yeah, he's completely around, high like, the whole time. You know, um, there's also there's also uh, uh, were you as creeped out by the Hari Krishnas just sitting over in the fucking oh, corner? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was creepy. Like, and then like one, people when... want to creep on Yoko, Jesus, man. After George had left, a couple of them showed up, and they're like, "Yeah, that's just the Krishnas or whatever." Like, they're yeah, still, it's just, they're looking for George. Why are they still here? Yeah. <laughs> um, so funny. Um, the Beatles don't have albums of songs that suck. Jesus repels me. That's just not true. Um, they have a, one side of an album that is absolute shit, and that's Yellow Submarine. That's garbage. But that's just because it's it's film score music. The Beatles did write some shitty songs. Revolution Number no. Nine is a piece of dog shit. It's a self-indulgent piece of experimental. dog shit. Yes. To say the, you know, it, it's a, they to wrote, be generous that was they were it was experimental. And that's and, and yes, Andy Carson brings up there's a point where George has a Les Paul, a beautiful, like, you know, uh probably an early, you know, a 68 Les Paul when they just brought them back. Um, and it tips over and just hits the floor and nobody does anything. There's ah! <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I missed that part off the It was just a guitar then. Yeah, it wasn't. It was an amazing guitar back then. It was just it was another expendable. guitar. It was expendable yeah. at that point for those for those guys. You know. Let me out! Let me out! Let me out! <laughs> and from uh, now live from Caleb's trunk. Oh my <laughs> it's a recurring thing. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. When that guitar tipped over, I actually uh, I uh, I recorded that and put that on my on my TikTok, actually, because that part was so cool. Right, Jay. Hi, Jay. Hey, now. I do like the Jim yeah. Barney over the shoulder thing. He has, he has a head the size. Of, <laughs> you know what I mean, he has Vern? a head the size of mine. <laughs> hey, Vern. 
Sorry, I'm sharing. I'm sharing the link on on Facebook. Sharing the link. And yeah, they were drinking a lot during the whole record, which again, that's the beautiful part. Um, the beautiful part of that band, and that's why somebody like Jay, who doesn't really like yeah, the Beatles' music, can appreciate it because um, it is the creative environment of a musicians of musicians sitting around doing their thing. Uh, and it's and it's yeah. so good. It makes me miss playing so yeah. much. Yeah, that that's true, but also <laughs> it's the Beatles. The Beatles. Like, like so, if we were watching some random no name band, you had no idea who they were, and the stuff they were coming up with just was just terrible. Would that inspire inspire you as much as this? Um, I think that I think if you're a musician, you can relate to it on a totally different level. Like I have a friend of mine who works in radio in like North or South Carolina. Um, well, which one is it? <laughs> I don't know. Um, so what are the, what are the, the Carolinas somewhere in the Carolinas, somewhere in the Carolinas. Yes. Um, but she, um, her name is her, her name is, is Krista. And she, you know, posted when is I that... posted something about the, uh, the get back documentary, she went, um, I don't really like the Beatles. Would I like this? And my response was, I don't think so because it's a fly on the wall perspective of a music of a band i'm like and you have to really be into that part of it so i don't know that the band matters johnny because i hate the eagles and i watched that documentary and enjoyed it i hate eric clapton and i watched that documentary and enjoyed it i think if you're a musician you'll see it on a different level than i most hate people, tom petty and i, that's, I, I yeah, that's, the tom true, petty documentary. that's true man yeah true. so there's 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 a level of that if you're a musician or if you've ever played guitar or tried to create um there is there is yeah. a level of of enjoyment that you get uh, of that experience because you can you speak that language um the fact of the matter is if you're a musician and you speak that language and you see with the ease that the beatles did it it is that much more frustrating to you to go jesus christ no wonder we didn't make it we couldn't do this mm. you know i bet we the beatles they are <laughs> clearly you know whether we like their music or not they are the standard they are they are the, the measuring stick and with good fucking reason they're just better. I've been listening um, to that to that that what's it called? One, the greatest ones, hits. Yeah, number one, ones, yeah. ones. I've been listening to that in the car. Is the Johnny on week. fire? It's like it's smoke the, is. Oh, never mind. It's that. It's that. It's, it's that amazing. blurry effect. Yeah, and his no. And his, well, it's the, his it's Christmas blurry, lights. It's the blurry effect, and then it's it's that little thing that I have. That yeah, yeah that Johnny looks like a thing. he looks like a deodorant or a Vicks vapor rub <laughs> commercial. Wow, pig pen. <laughs> looks like pig pen. Oh yeah, yes, big the, the fumes coming <laughs> off of it. Kai Platoon asks, "Do I think Phil Spector ruined the album?" Uh, I don't think he ruined the album, but I think that he killed somebody. He he put a he put a. <laughs> oh yeah, he definitely killed somebody. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, he he ruined Lana Clarkson. That much I know. Um, oh, that's awful. That might be on fire. Yes, it is. Boy. It's after. What was it? Let it let it be. Might be on that, fire. Uh... Is said? I might be on fire. Johnny looks it? like he's on fire. I'm on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Jay is sniping from, from moment one. He's already the joke sniper. <laughs> um, I think that I think that uh, Phil Spector did what Phil Spector does. And the idea that the Beatles brought Phil Spector into the into the fold and asked him to do to produce this record, what did they expect they were gonna get? Um, I don't think it's as good as the naked record. And if you if you if you dig let it be, let it be dash naked is the original vision of the band that Paul McCartney saw and got approval from both uh, the estate of John Lennon and George Harrison before he passed to do. So the let it be is a different album 
with Phil Spector twisting the knobs. And, you know, when you bring in a certain producer and that producer does a certain thing, that's what you would expect. Um, I think that yeah. was a matter of super talent, super material, too much. Too Who much was in it one... that, that uh, brought in Phil Spector? Was it... Uh... I don't know. Or was it Yoko? I mean, was it other? <laughs> was it yeah? Was it John Lennon? Or, yeah, obviously. Yeah, he, yeah. he would put his stamp well, right right on it. It was it was a yeah. Anyway, well, Paul, <laughs> naked, I, naked you, you mentioned you mentioned watching something like that, and even if you're not a fan of the band or whatever it is, you can you still have an appreciation for it. Um, I don't know if anybody listened to or watched the. Uh, Joe Rogan experience maybe about a week ago. Um, uh, what's t- uh, what's his name? Ted uh, Ted Nugent was on the Nuge, and mm-hmm. you know, oh wow, I, I I like his music. You know, I'm not a huge fan of his music, but it's it's I dig it. It's it's not like, but it's not like something I, I would turn on. It's good voluntarily. Music. You know what yeah. I mean? I like Damn Yankees. That, yeah, Damn Yankees. About cool. That's no, about too. it for me. But. You know, and obviously this the song Stranglehold is awesome, right? The riff mm-hmm. is cool as hell. Mm-hmm. But so he was on, and I watched the clip. It's about a 12-minute clip. And he he starts talking about the riff and he grabs he grabs he has his guitar with him in Joe's studio with an amp. Mm-hmm. And he starts playing the riff. And he's and then he starts talking about like how he came up with that type of like chicka chicka, you know, that type of thing. And all of a sudden I was like. Wow, I have, you know, watching somebody that's all of a sudden just gets passionate about something. And then he's talking about all his influences and everything like that. And his his memory is, is unbelievable. I was like, crap, I don't remember stuff two years ago that this guy's remembering <laughs> from, you know, 40 years ago, 50 years ago. And instantly, like when I got up today, I put that song on and I just listened to the riff. And I was like, that is a badass riff, man. Oh, yeah. You know, but it's the same thing. It's like, yeah. It's cool and everything. But I'm not the biggest fan, but once you see that person really analyze and get into it and the passion again, you have you have like a new newfound respect for it. Jack White. I I'm not a Jack White fan. I don't like the the raconteurs. I don't like the White Stripes. I'm not a fan of their music whatsoever. But when you watch the It Might Get Loud documentary and see him with Jimmy Page and the Edge talking mm-hmm. about there, you know, and the thing about Ted Nugent is, a, he's he, he's one of the most underrated guitar players that's ever picked up he's a guitar. Actually, good man. The yep. problem with the problem with Ted Nugent, it, well, Ted Nugent was a bigger guitar in the mid in the mid seventies, bigger guitar player than than Eddie Van Halen. I mean, he was Ted Nugent was up there. The big guitar players in the seventies were Jimmy Page, Ace Frehley, Ted Nugent, mm. and like Joe Walsh. Like those were Peter the big Frampton. guys back then. Peter Frampton, yeah, those were the big guys back then. Ted. Everything post-1986 from Ted is spotty <laughs> at best. Uh, the damn Yankees thing was an amazing comeback and gave him a second life. But that's that 1986 is, that is generous. Is that one of the best supergroups? Yes. Yeah, Gotta it, be, right? It's certainly one of the most successful, without yeah, a doubt. Right. Um, but Ted Nugent, Free For All, um, uh, um, Wang Dang, Sweet Poon Tang. Yeah, but I'm trying to think huh. of you know, the album. <laughs> Weekend Warriors. Yeah, Cat Scratch Fever, those are all a variety of albums. Um, they are those are great records um for what they are. Ted has just become so polarizing to people um that his I think his musical catalog and his musical ability does get sort of put off to the side. But Jay brings up a really good point. 
Ted is super smart. He doesn't drink. He doesn't do drugs. So he's aware of everything. Ted is also super old. He remembers a time before rock and roll. Yeah. And Ted is a devoted uh, um, disciple of guys like Little Richard and Chuck Berry. He knows where it comes from. Um, he knows that we have all ripped this off from rhythm and blues. Oh, yeah. He understands the importance of the right hand that Jay was just bringing up. Yeah. Um, Ted Nugent is a supreme musician um, who I don't think ever got the right vehicle for himself because he's always been sort of, he was the Yngwie Malmsteen of his day. Well, yeah. Super, and, super intelligent, super asshole. And I know you're kind of leaning towards it, but I think a lot of people, especially the generation after him, they know him because of the of the character and the person he is and his yeah. mouth and everything. Not and then and then they hear about his music. So yeah. you know it's kind of I, I get it. And again, that's the it's the unfortunate any, part any is politics yeah. or whatever you do. Right. But I mean, no, but you are who you are. Yeah. Um. You know, and people people don't like Ted Nugent for the same reason people don't like Alec Baldwin, um, because <laughs> they have big mouths. Um. Although Ted Nugent never shot anybody. <laughs> he did, uh, he did stab somebody though he did stab somebody allegedly there was a there was a, a radio personality out of detroit who says that he heard a story of ted nugent um because ted back in the day didn't always have a gun on him he does now and i know where he where he keeps it um i know exactly where it is because i accidentally hit it when i was taking a picture of him it wasn't his gun paul no oh yes it was <laughs> um and uh and uh, Ted apparently had a Bowie knife on him, and somebody tried to give him, tried to uh, 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 assault Ted, because Ted has always sort of been outspoken. Somebody tried to assault Ted, apparently, in Detroit in the 70s, and and the, the story, as the legend goes, Ted put a Bowie knife in him. Oh, um, don't know that he killed him, but he certainly did stab him, according to a guy named Larry Miller, who's no longer with us. Um, but if Larry Miller tells that story, it probably happened. <laughs> Jeez. So... Yeah, Ted, is, no, Ted mean, is even if even if you're not a fan, you, you got to watch that clip just to see him. Just yep. To, and, and then all of a sudden he's like, after he, while after he plays the stranglehold riff, the whole intro part, Rogan's like, dude, look at your arms. You got you have goosebumps from your you know. Yeah, like, yeah look, <laughs> look at, at your arms. Stuff. When was yeah, that? Right? Oh, yeah, I got I got some goosebumps. <laughs> New tattoo. When did that When did that song come out? Seventy five. Seventy five. He, you're talking to most bands. I don't. I don't care how the, how great the song is. After a certain amount of time of playing it every night, after a while, it's like, man, I we got to play that again. Yeah, you know, he still loves it, man. It's, it still does something to him. Such a I, I Ted Nugent is a supremely likable guy. You may not like his politics, but you sit down with Ted Nugent. Hmm. Um, and I had him on, I had him on, he co-hosted the entire show with me one morning, um, <laughs> because my partner was off on vacation. So we said, well, let's have Ted Nugent come in and co-host. And the one rule was no politics. And he mm. tried to go there a couple of times and we didn't, you know, I said, Ted, we're not going to do that. He's like, all right. So they started, we started talking about rock and roll and Jesus Christ. He is the nicest guy in the world. He is very likable. Um, sure. He says some shit that, that is off putting to a lot of people. But Ted Nugent, you know who's one of Ted Nugent's best friends? Tom Morello. Yeah. So you want to get an idea of how good 
how likable Ted Nugent is. When a guy like Tom Morello, who is the anti-Ted Nugent in every other way with the exception of guitar and music, they both share a common love for Little Richard and, and the blues and the way music has come up. And that's Ted's first love is music. And his second love, and I don't know if she was on the Joe Rogan podcast, is his amazing wife, Shemaine, who is fucking Shemaine. the coolest. Shemaine, she's awesome. <laughs> she's one of the coolest people ever. Um, but to 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 Jay's point, I'm sorry, I'm I'm Texas Joeing the show tonight. Um, <laughs> um, it's because the passion. It's the same passion that we were just talking about. It's yeah. such a good piece of of music history and such an amazing thing. If you love music, um, you will love watching this Beatles documentary, even if you don't even. And by the way, they play some punk songs and shit too. Like the Beatles are jamming like some of these old rhythm and blues songs, like the Ted Nugent thing. And they're mm -hmm. jamming them like at high volume. Somebody pointed in the chat recently that there's no distortion. The Beatles didn't do distortion. No, they just, they did distortion. It just didn't make it on the record, but they're jamming some shit. And it's like straight up punk rock. What's well, so Paul's playing, Paul's playing the bass. Like he's just playing it like, like, like an organ. Like he's playing it like, yeah. Chords like, and, like John. Rev yeah, Revolution Lemmy. is distortion. Yeah, no, I know that but was, heavy. That was heavy. that was direct into the board and cranked up the gain. I'm pretty sure that's how they did that one. It wasn't even a, 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 an amp. There's or some pedal. tracks, some, some later tracks where they got heavy distortion. Oh yeah, sure, yeah. There's oh, no, there was sure. plenty of distortion with the Beatles, but no. But somebody pointed out that they weren't, you know, the all these other guys because that's the other thing I, that that again, there's so much in this thing that you can pull out. They were aware Whoa. of what was going on. John John Lennon mentions when they come back, just as an aside, did you notice, did you see The Move? They were on television last night. Now, The Move was a band that Jeff Lynne was in. Jeff Lynne was a major Beatles disciple. All of ELO mm -hmm. is basically weak Beatles. Um, <laughs> and by the way, weak Beatles, that's pretty fucking good. ELO's got some pretty good albums uh -huh. in there. Um, but, the and Beatles. then, and yeah, then the he, worked with, he worked with George later. Right. With they Travel saved Will George's Barry. career. He resurrected George's career. Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean just it's just so it's so good it it, it really is yeah. it's so good I, why, I, why, watched, I watched a few clips that that popped up on on my youtube uh recommended thing it was the one with paul like r literally writing um get back get back huh? yeah get, get back yeah and i'm like wow you know get you, it in you 30 can, seconds you can you can hear all of the vocal, I no, well, not the, all of them, but you know, yeah, a lot, a lot just, of the vocal melodies, just like just one right after the other, and that's what I love is like they, you know, he probably listened back to that and was like, okay, this there, you know, just it's amazing when you know because we've we've all written music before, yeah, and it is cool when <laughs> you know you're working something out and things just start coming together, you know, and, and figuring out what what sounds cool. Well, that was mm -hmm. that goes back to the um, that goes back to what I was saying. The, another one of the tangential thoughts that come out of this documentary is George comes in one night <clears throat> after you know they they leave at like five o'clock, six o'clock. They go off and they do their thing. They literally were like nine to fivers. They get right. together, they do their thing, and then at five o'clock, all right, see you tomorrow, goodbye, and they punch out essentially. Um, they come back the next morning. George is like, "Do you want to hear a song I wrote last night?" Yeah, sure. Like, like in between five o'clock that night and nine o'clock the next morning, George went home with his guitar and goes, "I'm in mine, I'm in mine, I'm in mine." All right, this is a song, and brings it in and goes, "Here you go." And they play the song. And the best part about it is, one of the guys, I think it's either Paul or somebody else, goes, "Is that grammatical correct?" <laughs> "I'm in mine." Is that wrong? Is that wrong? <laughs> like, like they're trying to. They don't want people to think they're stupid. 
So he goes, is that grammatically correct? I, me, mine? <laughs> Have you ever thought of, of that? You know, it, it's just the melody. It's just, that's that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. They were so fucking prolific. Just, <clears throat> just so good. Um, this fucking, it's Yes, so, the it's, Beatles it's, it's, did it's, use distortion uh, quite a course bit. Of course they did. But the when they're jamming, when they're jamming, really. like just as, as a four piece, they... They're playing clean through their amps, you know. I think distortion, yeah, yeah it was more of an effect <laughs> mm-hmm. than anything. The freaking riff in "I Feel Fine" is amazing. Day Tripper is almost distorted too. That's a that's a sick guitar riff. There's a lot of dirty guitar too. I mean, it's yeah. And there's, tune, there's a tune completely... guitar on that one too. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's what oh, yeah. Jay hates about it. Isn't that wasn't that your big complaint that a lot of it was out of tune or? Yeah, yeah. Well, when you you know, to be fair. Um, they were playing very hard. Like you see it too, when they get into jamming, um, they don't have, there's not a whole lot of touch in some of that stuff, especially in the sixties when they're playing that stuff live uh, and they can't hear themselves. Like they're in, you know, it wasn't like you didn't, we we didn't have the, they didn't have the benefit that we have where we can sit here and put headphones on. You notice when they're in the studios, it's just, it's the five of them, four of them and, and, and Mal, who's the transcriber. And they have a PA um, in, in, in this. And they have the a studio. PA. Yeah. They're playing everything and they just have hung mics. So everything is like, there's no, there was no concept no of monitoring. No there was no concept monitoring. of monitoring at all. Yeah. If Paul can hear John and John can hear Paul, that's why they're harmonizing. Yeah. Cause not only do they have, are they in key? they also have the right level. It's the two of them in one microphone being recorded in mono. It, there's no way to separate them. They don't have two microphones, and it's fucking amazing. And they were tuning to a piano or a or, a, or an organ that was in the room. They weren't tuning to a. I don't think they were tuning to an os. You know, a, yeah, a oscillating chromatic tune, 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 tune or stroke you know, tune or anything. And, and they were they tuning. Probably weren't. They probably the weren't as anal as we are nowadays. Right. Like, dude, yes. dude, dude. And, and that's also the other the British. Th- the British tuning too, which is a couple cents. You know, yeah, four, four, two, like four, four, Alan. two. Yeah, is that true? Yeah, four, four, two. Yeah. Isn't that the wrong way? Isn't it supposed to be like what, what's the four? Is Concert A is four forty two, but it, we it's accepted four forty. No, no, there's supposedly a different. If we tune to a, something like four forty four thirty two, is it or four thirty six? It's something that supposedly that like when you you know how they. <laughs> Where's my Sorry. Mind? You know how like they do the vibrations of nature and Sorry. stuff like that, and they put like yeah. A bunch of like dirt or something on a on a plate or a tray or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. and they have a certain vibration. It's more harmonic. Well, it's yeah. more yeah. Uh, tonally uh, pleasing. Tonally pleasing. Four thirty two. Yeah. E flat. That's what they say supposedly. You know. Yeah. Con- concert A. Concert A is four forty two, but we accept it at four forty. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and it and you're right. I mean, a lot of the a... Beatles and, and Stone songs were recorded in like the yeah the the four forty two or four. Yeah, it's there's just so it's just so fucking good. Like, and it's the other thing is it just proves that um, music isn't as easy as as critics would like to think. Before you sit back and say, you know, band A sucks, um, sit down with a guitar and try to write the song that band A wrote, uh, and then tell me how easy it is and how hard it is. Um, There are a lot of bands that are that are that we all hate, um, and you go. You know, they still created something and millions of people embraced it. So something they did something right. There's a reason why we're hearing them. Yeah. You know, you know, I watched um, 
I watched, uh, um, if anybody knows who Clive Davis is, and if you don't, you probably, yes. yeah, Clive Davis sat down and listened to songs, demos of a group of different songwriters and ideas. And Clive Davis went, this song would work for Kelly Clarkson. This song would work for this one. This song Kelly would work Clarkson. for this one. And then every time Clive Davis would hear a song and go, yes, I hear this as a song by insert artist here. Nine months later, that song was in the top 10 because he just knew. And, and when you're that good, um, you just have to just go, you're right, sir. I defer. You defer. That's why it was so amazing to see, to see, um, you know, George Martin serving drinks. George Martin didn't have to serve anybody drinks. George Martin was a, was a fucking genius. Sir George Martin. Yes. He wasn't sir at the time, but no, I mean, but Jesus, man. He was serve. Yeah. <laughs> and you're right. Can't drive. And you're right. Can't drive 55. And yet Mitch Malloy still can't ride a hit. Oh. oh, fuck that guy. We had a great show. Did you? No, did I heard. You... Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. Can you believe this is this is Mitch? Where, where's that picture at? Yeah. Cameron Brown's in the chip. Cameron. The originator of the Brown sound. Let's see. There we go. Yeah, that's that's Mitch right there. 98. Mm hmm. Cameron, does that look familiar? <laughs> he does look good. <laughs> Now, if you look in this picture, um, which one of those guys that you think is a bigger douchebag? <laughs> uh, it's cup. pretty clear. He's taller, and he's a douchebag. <laughs> he looks like John Hamm. I'm not John Hamm. John, uh, what's his name from uh, uh, Napoleon John Dynamite? John, John Biel? Was it John, John Heater? Yeah. It looks like John Heater, yeah. John Biel. Thank John you. Heater with, with slightly better teeth. But he does, real bad. He does look. He does look like Napoleon Dynamite there. Douche! What a great movie that was. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. my god! That's I, one I gotta go back to. Yeah. I had no on. idea. I had no idea that was like a thing. I had no idea what Napoleon wasn't it like an MTV or MTV funded it, right, or whatever the hell, or produced it. Maybe. No idea. Never heard of it at know. all. Jeannie brought me to see it in the theater. And I was like, I was going in like, she's bringing me to the see this shit. And I never heard of it. It's, it's gotta suck. There's no way I'm going to like it, man. Halfway through that movie. I'm like, this is, this is funny. You know, yeah. first, you don't want to laugh. You know, Napoleon like, dynamite is the big Lebowski for kids. You know, I've never seen the big Lebowski. Oh, you would like the big Lebowski. Neither is Johnny. <laughs> I've heard, I've heard, man. Here's the thing about, about the big Lebowski. The first time you watch it, it you're kind of like, eh, I don't know. And then you go back and watch it. And you, Jay, you just drop back a couple gummies and <laughs> would love would love the Big Lebowski because it's fucking. You it's go back dude's and birthday watch it, today. Super cool. Yeah, it's Jeff Bridges' birthday. He's like 72 or something today. And, the, and a cancer survivor. God love him, man. That's the one movie that I, from everybody that, that I know. And a Tron survivor. That when, that when they find out that I've never seen it. They're like, what, dude? You, you, you know, you would love that movie. <laughs> it's great. It's it's a great movie. It takes a few viewings, though. I, I the first few times I, I, I saw it, I, I didn't get it. But all right, yeah, I think you have to be in the right state of mind. <laughs> let's go over. Let's 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 try to think of a movie, any any genre, that took you a couple viewings to okay. really. Whether it was to understand what was going on, whether it was to like get the humor, 
every one of Wes Anderson's movies. <laughs> yeah, the Coen brothers do that too. The Coen brothers, brothers are tough yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Stanley Kubrick. Any, yeah, like, you know. Yeah, look, when there's, when there are, to quote, um, to quote Kramer, levels, Jerry, levels. <laughs> when there are, when there are levels to a movie, just like a great song or a great album, you see and hear and experience different things. I still pull things out of Ferris Bueller and out of the Blues Brothers and out of Animal House that are just phenomenal, phenomenal things. You know, Tarantino. Um, so Jay has a great point. There are some movies, Pulp Fiction, uh, some movies where you don't get it the first time. Like I never got the Matrix at all. Can't drive fifty five. There's a great example of yeah, a movie that, that that people love. I don't because we're in it. <laughs> yes, we're living it right now. Um. Yeah, it's a it's a there. That's a good question, Jay. I'm trying to think of a movie that you know, The Matrix. Um, some of my favorite movies. No Country for Old Men. To... I didn't get. Oh yeah, uh, Coen Brothers. Yeah. yeah. Um. The end, the, right? Wasn't it the end? Something weird was the, it end, the yeah, end. Yeah, that speech, the whole speech that Tommy Lee Jones does at the end is confusing as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, about the old, yeah, the old country yeah. for old men. Yeah. yeah. I love that's a great, such a great movie. And it, it but they it, wasted a lot of things. Like Woody Harrelson is wasted in that movie. Like his, oh, his scene man. is great, but he's a sm such a small part. I, I, yeah, that's, that's, in my opinion, one of the, uh, like, it's one of the best Coen Brothers movies, but it's, it's almost a, you know, perfect movie. It's just so good. Like every, yeah, everything, every moment of it. <laughs> and it goes, it's like two and a half hours and it goes by and like, you know, it goes by quicker than you'd, you'd think. Any movie, you know, there's, you know, any of those movies that are like over two hours that it, by the end, you're not like, oh, when is it over? Is it, it's over. It's been over like three times, you know, some, some of the movies that end a half hour before the movie actually ends, you know, and it's like, you didn't need that last half hour or whatever, but naturally. Kind of like this. That last monologue by John BL. <laughs> oh, that's what I was going for. Here comes and Jay, Jay picking his shot. There you go. Swish, nothing but net. Well, yeah, the, what was it? Uh, the all the the uh, Christian, um, the Christian Bale movies in the uh, the 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 Dark Knight trilogy. Who was that? Um, uh, Christopher Batman? Nolan. Perhaps Christopher Nolan. <laughs> no, I'm thinking of the Christopher Nolan movies. Those are like, you know, those are great movies. They're long, but they're, you know. Yeah, this is a great compelling. one. Two, 2001, A Space Odyssey, uh, AI Gaming. And 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 Clockwork Orange, too. Clockwork Orange is a movie that some people don't get. I mean, you, I've never, you know. I, I tried watching that and never finished it. Yeah, it's it. tough. It's tough yeah. to get through. That's the point. It's like a lot of Kubrick movies. It lasts it grows too on fucking you, long. It grows too on long. It's not. The, it's not even two hours. I don't. I don't think that's even. Space Odyssey might be two hours, but that's. See, there's a difference there. But they grow. I mean, yes, I'll admit the John, first few times I've seen them. Length is not necessarily the length of the movie isn't necessarily commensurate with the entertainment of it. I mean, the Godbrother, the 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 Godfather two is fucking four and a half hours long, and it's not long enough. Like I was like, Jesus, it's over already. <laughs> um, whereas something like Clockwork Orange is two hours long, and you're like, Jesus, this should have been over forty five minutes ago. You know what I mean? It took me a few viewings, but Clockwork Orange is a, is a good from beginning to end. It's a great movie. In it's my tough. Opinion. It's in my. It's tough. Opinion. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, some, I validate your opinion. Yeah, some of them. I mean, you know, look, the Deer Hunter. The Deer Hunter that takes long. a couple a couple of views to watch. <laughs> I saw the trailer of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You know, you know, Christopher Walken. You know, he'll be damned. 
he's gonna hear your speech. Shove his um, watch up his ass. <laughs> he's a little man. Have I heard a lot about you? I'll tell you the story. Airman, <laughs> name of Wanaki. <laughs> I, I got I got one. How about Donnie Darko? I haven't seen it since in 20 Never years. Yeah, oh, I've, man, seen it, that's, I've seen it once. See, it, that I watched that movie and I was like, I like this movie a lot. What the hell? How, <laughs> what, I, what just happened? I don't know what the hell just happened. And then, you know, it's funny. Go ahead. Do you think? No, I was going to say, and then, you know, after watching it a few more times and of course reading on the internet, you know, you're like, oh my God. That helps. That's brilliant. Megatod brings up Fight Club. Fight Club is a cooler version of The Sixth Sense. You're like, like once you figure out what's going on in Fight Club, you oh, go, yeah. oh, that you know, like that's one of those moments where, where the first time you see it, you're like, what the fuck just happened? It took and me then, like five, five years to get to watch that, and then when I finally watched it, it was oh, it was so great. Such a good yeah, movie. what a pretty good curveball for uh, Sixth Sense, though, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I did not same, see that coming at all. And the same thing with Fight Club, though. Fight Club is, but is you that. can watch so, Fight Club over and over. You right. can't watch six cents over, six over, over and over now. Because no, once you, you know, watch the... it, you got to watch it and just note, like, try to think, like, nobody else can see him. Yeah. You know, he's not... that's that's the cool part watching it again. Yeah, um, yeah, you're right. Be right, fret, fret level midnight. There's a lot of that. You know, uh, hyper masculine, <laughs> hyper masculine uh, presentation in movies that are people dealing with their own uh, femininity. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I've not. I've never uh, seen Fight Club either. That was that was Darren Aronofsky. You like Fight Club? I think I think he did the wrestler too. No, I saw. I, that, I started. I started theme. watching Fight Club and I turned it off. Yeah, well, well, Darren, Darren Aronofsky. Yeah, there's. I mean, that that movie, The Wrestler, is also another about you know one man's fragility and dealing right. with his own femininity. That was a great movie. It's <laughs> a fantastic movie. Yep. Trying to think of a comedy. What's the um. What's the ice skating Will Ferrell movie? Blades oh, of Glory. Blades of Glory. I remember watching that the first time, like it's a couple, a couple laughs in it. Yeah. Then watching you know, it again, like, oh my God, this is fun. Here's one for you. Waiting for Guffman. Never saw it. Yes. That's, that's that was a tough one. Putting on the play or something. Was that that yeah, was the that's one? A, where that's, a, that's a that's a tough one. That's one of those. Well, the Christopher you know, Guest City. Yeah. yeah was, anything was anything the, with Christopher uh, Guest can be Spinal Tap and it's, it's, uh, it's like best a spinal in show. Tap. Yeah, it's one of those. Oh, it's a, it's a it's mockumentary type thing. The formula, yeah, a yeah. mighty wind. Um, yeah, they're great movies. I like. Them I've too, seen yeah. all of these now. But now but, you guys but, are talking my language. But if yeah. you can't, but if you're not in that frame of mind, um, it's it's some people don't get it. I'll give you a great one. My my on air partner Mark. No, you can say uttered, your partner. <laughs> my, yeah, he uttered. He utters. <laughs> he uttered the the sacrilegious line. I don't like the Princess Bride. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I don't know anybody that doesn't like that movie. Yeah, that's a great movie. It's like crying at the end of Rudy. Every guy, it's acceptable for yeah. every guy to love the Princess Bride. You have to, like, the most, I, I know Hell's Angels that like the Princess Bride. <laughs> yeah. The Princess Bride is fucking awesome. I gotta watch and that if you, again, though. I also have another friend of mine who used to work in, in Reno Radio. Uh, his name is Chris Payne. So anybody that's up in Reno, Nevada that might be watching, say hello to Chris Payne. Chris Payne says he shut Spinal Tap off because he didn't get it. That's another okay. movie that gets better after yes. you watch it a few times. Do you have? Do you own it on DVD? DVD. I have the DVD. DVD. 
watch it with the director's cuts on the the commentary commentary with yeah holy in character, shit yeah. it's another whole movie yeah. they're in character they're yeah in character and, the whole and time the deleted scenes yeah. was like an hour and a half and it's oh, all yeah it's a big deluxe version imagine uh, spinal tap mystery science theater 3000 doing spinal tap <laughs> in character you're in their own movie yeah. oh fucking oh. good oh it's it's another whole movie i mean literally santa. i'm gonna ask santa for the dvd the blu-ray the... DVD. Oh, yeah. dvd somebody um, brought up life aquatic with steve zizu again wes anderson movies uh They're yeah they can be my favorite but you gotta watch them multiple times to really get every get to get the most out of it wow santa uh you know what santa cruz 3600 i'm with you i thought lost boys was a terrible movie i wa i watched it because jamie gertz is in it but it's a terrible movie, uh, just like Roadhouse. Roadhouse is a terrible movie, <laughs> but but you watch it. No, it's, it's a terrible. terrible. It's, it's terrible, but it's, it's awesome. Just, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It's so bad. I mean, and it's been on. It's been on the dish this month, and every time I go buy it, I stop. I'm like, I I gotta watch yeah, it. It's you, fucking it's awful. Movie, you, Roadhouse. You know, it's another movie like that, that. That no matter if you flip past it, it's Tombstone, one of the greatest movies yes. of all time. You know, again, I don't know anybody that doesn't like that one. Here's the only thing. I never saw it. Tombstone oh, versus Tombstone versus Wyatt Earp. One of the great arguments of all time. Never is, saw either one. Is is um, Val Kilmer versus Dennis Quaid in their portrayals of Doc Holliday? Yeah. They were both perfect. Like I want good. to love one over the other, but you can't. It's Kilmer. And, no, it's Kilmer. It's no, it's not because there's there's most of the time it's Kilmer, but then there's that part in in Wyatt Earp where Dennis Quaid is getting his head dunked in the trough, the horse trough, because mm. he's fucked up and he's beat, been beaten up. And, and he comes up and he wipes his hair out, like this, the shit out of his hair. And he turns to look at the crowd that's all gathered to watch him having his face. And he goes, y'all can suck my rebel dick. <laughs> and I'm like, that's his I'm your huckleberry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'll take Kilmer. And, and, yeah, Randy Price both, and Val Kilmer any day. I can't They're even both, think of the difference between the two myself. I'm, I think I've I've got them both probably pretty much in you know I mean, the, it, the same kind of movie, you know. So am yeah. I am I in the minority that's that when I compare both of those movies, it's almost like the Transformers versus the GoBots. <laughs> Like somewhat, like Wyatt, yeah. Wyatt Earp is a little cornier and just not as like badass. You know? Well, the actors, the actors in in Tombstone are significantly better too. I mean, you've got yeah. a better the 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 Earp family is better cast. Plus, you got Dana Delaney. Hello, um, <laughs> swing. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> that was Jay's line. Sorry. Yeah, Wyatt, Wyatt Earp is Wyatt Earp is Wyatt Earp is good. Um, and Dennis Quaid has that moment. That's the only memorable moment of Wyatt Earp versus Tombstone, which is pretty fucking good start to finish. Yeah. You know, especially the, the Val Kilmer uh, milk creamer scene in the fucking casino is mm -hmm. hilarious. That is, uh, you know, Jesus, that is so good. <laughs> and and also, uh, Ring, uh, what's his name? Johnny Ringo. Johnny Ringo. Was, uh, what's his name? Michael Bain from uh, Terminator. He was Kyle yep. Reese. He, he, I thought he played a great role in that. In that Thomas, that, uh... Thomas Hayden Church too. Yeah, there were so Hayden many Church. people. Yeah, so many. Yeah, I mean, it was cameos it's, and it's a better cameos, movie. Great roles. Yeah. Can't it's drive. Fifty five brings up Young Guns. What was your favorite western? Favorite western? Well, I mean, I mean, you can't top Tombstone, but Silverado is pretty fucking good. 
I love I love the, uh, I love I the love old the spaghetti Eastwood. westerns. The Clint Eastwood. Yeah, the Clint Eastwoods. Yeah. Oh, the wild the, the wild bunch. That's Sam not Peck Clint Eastwood. No, but it's Sam, but yeah, Sam yeah, Peckinpah's yeah. Wild Bunch is pretty fucking good. Yeah, the sixties and seventies ones were were some of the best ones. The worst Clint East, uh Clint East, Mr. Eastwood's uh worst uh, western I've seen so far. Is that two mules for Sarah? What the is that? Two fools for Sister Sarah. Yeah. Oh my God! Unfor- what a unfor- shitty movie! What a shitty movie! Unforgiven is Clint Eastwood's best western. Unforgiven oh, yeah. is fucking awesome. That was yeah. That's an epic. I, th- I thought it was a little over the top, unbelievable. Is what I thought when I watched that. Yeah, but but Gene Hackman is fucking oh. so good in it. Yeah, he ta- he takes the, uh, the the spotlight on that one. Actually, yeah, back I mean, to No Country for Old Men. That was that was a western. That was a great. Uh, Western, good, the bad, and the ugly. The outlaw Jesse Wales. Yeah, I'm Blazing Saddles. Yeah, there you go, right up there. <laughs> Blazing Saddles. I. It's not a western, but it's a western. Oh, it's there. a western, sure, yeah. But it's I so would, good. Give me that. So fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, since it's um. By the way, next time you're watching uh Blazing Saddles, just yeah. point out something. Don't have your windows open. No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Sheriff, I'm real sorry about that up yours earlier. Um, <laughs> when you're watching Blazing Saddles, that scene where the where the fight ends up spilling over into the musical number mm-hmm. where Dom DeLuise is the director, watch the two guys swimming in the pool. One of them <laughs> is one of them is Burt Reynolds. Oh, really? With, oh, really? with or without the mustache? uh without i think without the mustache yeah without well, the mustache there's that, there's that scene where where you know they're they're doing the backstroke together in the pool while the fight scene is going on one of those guys is burt reynolds wow he did a he did a cameo just for the fun of it hey guy i'm gonna come hang out is that cool on set yeah why don't you jump <laughs> right? take off your clothes jump in the pool yeah just so by the way um there's an argument to be made that star wars is a western with just different yes. different costumes, yeah, well, and a different, yeah, different. Um, That's the idea behind it. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a western, futuristic western. Yep, it's a, it's a western in space. Yep. Well, the the, the 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 Mandalorian is a western. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The Mandalorian is kung fu. I like that. I didn't think I liked that um that series. What the Mandalorian? Uh, yeah. You know, I'm I'm gonna say it. She's a little thick, but I'm, yeah. on, the, I'm on the Gina Carano train. She was she right. was such a shit actress in that. Oh my yeah, god, she's awful. She's awful. Oh god, but, but I, god I, know, I know she's a little thick. I don't care. I'm also a little thick. I'll take it. <laughs> I would wrestle Gina Carano and lose that fight willingly. I have no problem. I have no problem with girl curves. None. None. Man, when um when Cyborg all steroided up beat the crap, no. I felt bad for Gina Carano. See, that's gross. Yeah, Chris Cyborg is gross. Gina Carano, not gross. Yeah. Gina Carano's sweet. Hell yeah. I bet yeah, after a fight, yeah. too, I bet, you know? Right. Uh, she's she's awesome. Don't um, shower. Don't what are you doing? Don't shower. <laughs> <laughs> what are you nuts? <laughs> yeah, I'd let her grapevine crucifix me all night long. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the Fusion um, Three and there's another Western. I was just I had that. Uh, you know. I will tell you, there's another one of my weird Hollywood crushes. I'm sort of on the Mary Steenburgen train, too. <laughs> yeah, ah. yeah. 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 Right? I thought you were going to say especially, Christopher Lloyd. Even in Elf. <laughs> yeah. Especially in, and in Step Brothers, too. In Step Brothers, you're like, hell yeah, Mary oh, Steenburgen. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah, yeah, I might. I might. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You ain't lying. 
Yeah, something. Yeah. something about her, man. Something she lost her. it. She she went to the plastic surgeon once too many times in the Last Man on Earth. Oh, oh man. Still a pretty funny show, but you look at her, and you're like, okay. Uh, I didn't watch that. No. Anybody that goes to well, it's it's Last Man on Earth is pretty good. Is that Will good, Will, good. Will Will Forte? Will yeah, Will Forte? It's yeah. a pretty good. It's a pretty. It was a pretty well done show. Um, but as is always the case, um, just like steroids, if one is good. 10 is better 15 is too much and everybody yeah. goes to 20 oh. and then and you know it you know they've gone too far once you see a picture or or a movie or something with them in it and you're like is that yeah yeah you know once you don't you have to think about it right before you you know as soon as you see them that's when you're like oh no they they you know the the balloon lips why do they do that oh. yeah well there's a great uh melanie griffith is a great example of that yeah that e 916 uh, and hot. i you know i will go Way with as far as I know, she only did it once, but it was enough to fuck her up. Jennifer Grey. Mm-hmm. I like Jennifer Grey pre-nose job. I thought the, the pre-nose job, I thought, and did she look, uh, was she uncharacteristically attractive? Yes. And that's what I liked about her. There was a uniqueness about her that I think is was was re- super attractive. Yeah, she wasn't uh, a cookie cutter hot piece of anus. She was. Yeah, she didn't. She <laughs> wasn't. She was, there was something about her that was just like Jewel Snaggletooth. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and Wayno, Christina Hendricks, absolutely. Again, there's another example of big girl curves that I'm on board with. Hell yeah. <clears throat> I ain't mad at you. You know, Jenny remember Hen- Jenny Hendricks too. <laughs> remember, um Am I the only one? Jimmy Hendricks, yeah. Jenny, Jenny Hendricks. Oh. I don't even know who that is. You will after the show. I'll get that text message at four in the morning. I'm still up. <laughs> Did you see the uh literally it I forget it was uh I'm out of tissue. <laughs> Did you see the uh um the meme of stepmothers and it's Brandy Love and uh um shit can't remember uh, her name. John Biel. I don't know. Blonde uh, <laughs> uh black black hair super curvy. Um Rosie O'Donnell narrows it down. She's one of those. No, she's one of those. Ava, one of those. Ava Gloria? Adams, Ava Adams, and, and and Brandy Love. Ava Divine. <laughs> no, Ava Divine is gross. Uh, no. Ava Adams, Ava Adams, and Brandy Love next to each other, like with their arms on each other's shoulder. Stepmothers. So I was like, yeah, yes. <laughs> yep. I've seen that uh, that cover as well. Yeah. Hell yeah! Wow. Uh, yeah, I would say Mega Todd seven oh seven. Caitlyn Jenner looks a little, little too much Botox. Doesn't look natural, you know. Really takes away from her femininity. Right. Okay. <laughs> oh wait, I'm thinking of one of the what's what are the daughters' names again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That just kid. That just light just went on in in Kylie <laughs> in Jay's head. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah. Kylie, you're thinking of Kylie Jenner. Who was who was the radio host? That they were looking at what what magazine was Caitlyn Jenner on, and they were looking at it, and they were like, know. "Oh man, I this chick is hot!" And all of a sudden, they're like, "Wait, wait a minute, you, who? What show was it on? It was on a. I thought it was on like a, a popular uh, radio. It probably show. was. I don't know. I haven't seen any of it. Well, <laughs> I uh, I showed. I think I showed Jay. I might have sent Jay, or. Uh, or Caleb or both of them a picture of somebody who yes um, every time they post pictures on 
on uh, Facebook. It's a thirst trap picture. Um, and everybody's like, oh my God, oh my God, you're so hot. Oh my God, you're so hot. And I'm like, yeah, that's a guy. Yeah. And if any of these guys, because this 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 woman posts thirst trap pictures all the time of like her in a bikini with her her tits all pushed up and all this shit. And, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, yeah. And uh, and you can tell. Uh, here's how you can tell: man hands. Oh, can't yeah. you can if you go that's, and you get can't hide it. That scene in Seinfeld with breaking the bread. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. the lobster. <laughs> Jerry, he was just tearing like apart that. the lobster too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, man hands. Man, hands, is man the... hands. Oh my god. Let me get that. Let me get that beer for you. <laughs> <laughs> she had man hands. Oh. Yeah, man hands are. <laughs> what did that actress ever do after that? You know. Well, was it? Yeah, whose hands were they? Oh, on, it was on definitely the, on a man's part. hands, I would say. They were. Who the hell's hands were they? I forget who they were. Probably like Larry David or someone like that. No, he wasn't that. He wasn't that. He, I don't think he had the the manliest hands. Yeah, that that's not a twist off. <laughs> that's, that's not, not a twist there off. You go. Yeah. That's that's not a twist off. Here, let me get that. The nose pick is such a great scene. Oh, so many good signs. It's funny. I've I've not watched, I was never on board with Seinfeld as a devotee. I, like if it was on, I'd watch it, but mm-hmm. I'm not like not in on, on the Seinfeld lingo and a lot of the all of the jokes that come with it. So I have the entire series on DVD in the Jerry Save refrigerator. In the refrigerator. Somebody gave me the entire the entire um series. Wow. In the in the little display refrigerator, which is oh, kind of cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I'll have to watch that. You haven't I can't believe you haven't been like yeah, Seinfeld since the beginning, man. I loved so Jerry good. Seinfeld as a stand-up comedian on the young comedian special with Rodney Dangerfield. That young comedian special had Jerry Seinfeld, Bob Nelson, um Bob, Bob, awesome. Bob Saget, Roseanne Barr, and Sam Kinison on it. Gee, there's no not a whole yeah. Rodney didn't know who had talent. Rodney couldn't find talent, could he? Jesus. Everybody on that. Oh, and Larry Miller, I think, is on that special as well. Larry Miller, who is a a, a great stand-up that you don't really know. He was also in Seinfeld. Stand-up. Yes. The doorman, I think. Yeah. I love watching the Seinfeld bloopers, man. Oh, my God. Oh, those are start, great. Yeah. Because Kramer, you know, it's it's him all the time. He does something. You know, it's pipe night, you know, and he walks in with the friggin' <laughs> And he's just you're, like Kramer, ah, your face <laughs> looks like an old catcher's mitt. <laughs> Such a great line. He starts laughing. Jerry, What's yeah. funny is Michael Richards and Randy Quaid are very similar in that way, in that they <laughs> they put out a body of work that is really was was universally embraced until they snapped. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and then they snapped. And when they snapped, it sort of it sort of wiped all of that off the table. Yeah, really um, for those that have never seen it, go watch Michael Richards when he was on Fridays, which was also created by Larry David. Um, or he was a cast member on. Yeah, it. he was. A, um, I was going to say, I don't think he, he was a great cast member on it. But they, yeah. that's where the Andy Kaufman did the uh, did the uh, vertical hold joke that had everybody in America slapping the side of their television. It was brilliant comedy. But there's a there's a skit where Michael Richards is playing GI Joe Army men, and he, and and he assaults and molests all the Barbie dolls that his <laughs> sister has, 
and he's like throwing and he like sets them on fire and he's like raping them and it's like i'm like this is the worst like most inappropriate <laughs> shit to be showing on network that television. Got aired now and it, uh, you could oh, never oh, get away with this now <laughs> it was so wrong in every way um michael richards was was way ahead of his time it was almost like the uhf Dana show uhf stanley spadowski, UHF stanley spadowski. and uh was, it, was, was he in airheads was he in Airheads? yes he was great in airheads yeah. too as the sales guy that's right um all of his b-rolls yeah yeah no michael richards is is i think his his at transylvania six five thousand. he's great in that um he's one of those guys that you know has this amazing career that was sort of lost with one word but, you know, the thing about Michael Ray, like whenever you watch those old interviews and stuff, you know, talking about Seinfeld and just any interview, it, it's almost like a, a letdown because you're like, you see this lively, just kooky character that looks so believable. He looks like that that should be his personality, you know? And then you well, see like, him kind of, kind of just see like... an interview like, with Ed O'Neill. I don't know if I don't think that. of Al Bundy. Oh, Ed O'Neill. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you, you meant an interview two. with him. I thought you meant them two talking. No, no, no. I'm saying you see an interview with Ed O'Neill and you expect him to be Al Bundy, and then you realize he's this soft-spoken, like mellow dude, and you're like, and it, it kind of it's kind of like a letdown almost, mm-hmm. right? Can be, yeah. You want him to be that that person, yeah. Yeah, yeah Mike uh, Michael Michael Richards is is very quiet. And, back. You know, he's yeah. like a yeah. A lot of the comedian, a lot of stand-up comedians are like that. You know, like like a Steve. Tom Herrera was like that. that. Very quiet, you know. And Gilbert Gottfried at the mic. But I think it's it's a very cool, and I'm not an actor, so maybe maybe it's not that difficult. But to completely change your entire everything, you know, if if you're a real calm person and, and you know, and then you get crazy, yeah, you know, I think it would be easier if you're like a, a crazy person to be calm and quiet in a role. This is you know? why David Lee Roth is so exhausting because <laughs> he's because he's always David Lee Roth. He never yes. shuts it off. You know, you can't be, you can't, and that's why, that's why guys like Jim Carrey started to wear out their welcome and Robin Williams, because you can't be that person all the time. It's fucking exhausting. It's like the same Um, thing with with music. If a guitar player is just playing solos the whole time, after a while, it's like, all right, that's too much. It's enough. Ingve. Yeah, there you go. Ingve, when's the last time you saw Ingve Malmsteen pick up an acoustic? That's one of the things that, that makes Zach Wilde tolerable. It's because Zach Wilde, is a great dude and he's a great guitar player, but Jesus enough. Slow down once in a while. Like, like take the leather vest off and just be, you know, just be Jeff. <laughs> you play the Hello Kitty guitar? Yeah. When he does stuff like that, when he does, or when he picks up an acoustic guitar, sort of like with Hendrix. My favorite stuff with Jimi Hendrix is when he's sitting there with that acoustic guitar doing the blues. You know, he's just there with the white background and he's on the stool. With, you know. The, yeah, and he's just sitting there playing with a twelve string. That's my favorite Hendrix because he's not being Jimi Hendrix, the wild man from Borneo. You know, he's not being that super like masculine, hyper masculine. I can fucking sh- out shred everybody. Um, he's just a guy with a guitar playing music, and that's that's beautiful when you can see going back to the get back thing with the Beatles. When you can see those guys just break down and have fun and do something that is unexpected of them, and you see behind their their persona. That's great. Randy Savage. Vistalite uh, says Rod Dangerfield. Yeah. Right? Same person on camera as yeah. he was off camera. He was exhausting. I thought Rodney Dangerfield's first role was in Caddyshack. I don't know. I could be wrong. 
but uh, Vistalite says he started off as a serious actor. I think. Well, so uh, did Leslie Nielsen. Leslie, Leslie Nielsen. Nielsen. Yeah, yeah. He, he was a voiceover actor and then he did uh, some serious roles before he was a comedian. So what would have, what would have been Leslie Nielsen's first like role that basically made him? Uh, well, for us, for us, it's Airplane. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Hell yeah. <clears throat> but he played for us he, for he, our he, generation. It's Airplane. But he was he was you know who else thought himself as being a leading man? You'll love this one. Shemp Howard. Yes, oh, yeah. I, I watched the documentary not too long ago talking about that. Shemp was Shemp was you know he was he was part of the you know the the Stooges uh, when Ted what's his face was basically running them and they were basically his Stooges. Yep. Um, and Shemp thought himself, okay, I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm too good looking for this. <laughs> I'm too good looking, and I'm an, I'm a Hollywood leading man. So I'm going to leave, and my brother Jerome is going to take my slot. Um, uh, and he went off to be to be a leading crush. Yeah, I love Curly, man. Yeah, and then he had the stroke. Yeah, um, and it was sad to watch. So Shemp came back. Um, but Shemp Howard was. We'll talk about one of the great mistimed career moves. You know, yeah. when you think to yourself, great, great leading men of that area. You know, of that era, Gary Cooper and um, Clark Gable, Shemp Howard, and he ends up being a stooge. Yeah, but I like, I like the Shemp stuff. You know. Argument to be made, he was the best stooge because he could do it all. Him and Larry could do it all. You know, Shemp mm -hmm. could do all of it. Um, he was also not acting in a lot of that stuff. He really was anxiety-laden and neurotic <laughs> and, and insane. He really was mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Curly Curly was was outstanding. Curly was a, a philanthropist and, and just an all-around. Uh, so the, the stooges, again, another, you talk about levels, Jerry. Levels. Yep, there he is. Hollywood leaning man, Shemp Howard. Is that, that isn't is that that's is that, that's Shemp? That's man, Shemp. Mo and Shemp look goddamn. Yeah. They look they look alike. Yep. Shemp was no, the, he was he was serious. He was a yep. serious actor. Samuel Horowitz. Yep. Wow. I've got that box set. Yep. But I don't, I don't have a DVD player anymore, so I can't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. I love me some Stooges. God. I never got into the Stooges so much. Oh, man. Go back and watch it. Again, it's that levels thing that we're Abbott talking Costello about. Abbott and Costello and the Marsh Brothers. <laughs> that was nice. Look at Shemp in that oh, picture on the left. Shemp looks like he shaved with a shotgun. Oh. <laughs> Danny Trejo. Uh, yeah, Danny Trejo face. Face. That's the catcher's man. Huh? Yeah. What? Yeah, that's, yeah, he's uh. definitely Yogi, Yogi Berra face. Oh, yeah. Uh. Yeah, he does look like Mo. They look the same. I think okay. Shemp was older. Shemp was the oldest brother. Samuel Horowitz, Morris Horowitz, Jerome Horowitz. They were all brothers. People don't. Some people don't know that either. That they were that those three were brothers, mm -hmm. and that Larry was Larry was the Michael Anthony of the situation. He'll never be one of the brothers. Hmm. He was God, never treated the same because of that. Because he, he wasn't was family. He was so. Oh my god! Larry's great. Larry's fun to watch when he's in the background and Mo is like beating up Curly or something. Larry's just looking on, like the hell's going on over there. You know? Or when he when when Larry approves of it, like he's like he's happy that that someone else is getting their ass kicked yeah. instead of him. He's like, yay! Yeah, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, hey, Mo. Speaking of leading men, uh -huh. <laughs> see what I did there? I, I lead men on. Oh. oh man, the Shemp of Saturday Night, Caleb Rappaport. Oh, 
The chef. Well, better than the Curly Joe of, of strategy. Yes, you don't want to be Curly Joe. Or Joe oh, DeRita. Uh, Curly Joe was the, was the worst. Yeah, Joe, Bess- Joe Besser sucked, too. What? Joe Besser sucked, too. Oh, God, Joe- yeah. yeah. Yeah, they were all bad. Wow. Look at the young Larry ones are the are the best. When Larry's young and thin, those those are the those are the best ones. Man. Like I mean, that's where court, that's Stimpy. Stimpy is based court. on Larry on Larry Fine. When you listen to, to Ren and Stimpy, Stimpy's voice is is um Billy West doing his Larry Fine impression. <laughs> Porcupine. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go, right there in the middle. Oh, God. Curly Joe. That's right, Keith Campbell. This is the first piece of EVH merch, apparently, ever. Right here. Ever. Ever? Oh. Yeah, I don't want to say that Caleb has become a complete whore for the brand, but look at how many different EVH logos you see on this screen. (laughs) Hey, at least I don't. There's another one. I don't have a thousand dollar EVH sign though. No, you do not. I don't. There's only a I, select few that that possess one of those. Yeah. So. Is it real or is it a fake EVH sign? It's a good question. Uh, yeah. My money's my money's on fake. Fake. In fact, screen name fake EVH sign. That'd be a good one. Yeah. I don't know if that's taken. Yeah, could be. Um, so what's up? Did I miss any uh, good subjects? Did we already go over Mitch Malloy or what? <laughs> Mitch, Malloy is the, Mitch Malloy is the curly Joe of Van Halen. <laughs> we touched on, we talked about Mitch Malloy for about as long as he was in the band for. Yep. We gave him the proper amount of respect and, and coverage. He's had enough coverage. I think, I think it's over. I hope. Oh. Ah, Cameron Brown's back. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> he woke up. That's a Pavlovian response. What? <laughs> dude, you get him what? in here. I know bring Cameron guy. in. Come on. <laughs> Cameron, Cameron Brown. You want the link? Cameron yeah, Brown. Mitch is Cameron Brown's Twitch. Jeez. And it's about, uh, what, 6 a.m. there? Where Cameron is? The sun's coming up. Dude, it's the morning. Get up. Get out, get out of bed. Yeah. Get your day started. <laughs> yeah, grab a bowl of cereal and get probably on. Probably up all night already. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Caleb. Yeah, bring a little clip. Bring in the class to the show. <laughs> Keith, Keith Brethel, these are these are dummies. Okay, I have nine. No, dude, dummies. come on. Wait a, minute. Wait a second. Wait, Wait, come on here. Your mic works. Your mic works. Your mic works. <laughs> Hot, mic. Hot mic. Hot mic. These EVH heads are dummies. They're not real. <laughs> See, the one on your shirt. No. Oh. The funny thing about it is, though, little by little, you could. Do they have boards in them that you could you could get tubes for, or you just just empty? yeah? No, they have. What do you have cir- to do them? They have the the circles and everything. They just don't have like the brains and. and uh, so you could little little by little, you could buy the tubes one at a time, or get or or maybe be like Johnny and put on an M on my an Amazon want list, and put <laughs> oh, the yeah. components for those heads and get people to send you stuff on Amazon like Johnny. Wait, Johnny has one of those. Oh yeah. <laughs> Look at how do you folks. think i get all this stuff what's what's yeah. up with your camera that is so weird what's going on that's his that's his nfl high definition uh patrick mahomes camera that's oh, the whoa. that's the newest the newest Streamyard feature is it, it blurs out your background 
No, he's talking about the pig pen. Huh? You talking about the smoke coming off of him? No, I'm talking about that that unfocused feature. Bandwidth. You can you can do it too. I can yeah. too. Can do yeah, it's it's called blur. It's just the the new blur it's feature. Blur. Where it's is blur. it? From StreamYard. It's in it's in Leave Studio. Click that. <laughs> look, every time somebody says something witty or sarcastic, just look at Ernest's face. <laughs> you know what that is? That's that's Shemp. Yeah, that's yeah. That's Jim Varney doing Shemp Howard right there. <laughs> One of my favorite characters that he does in the Ernest movie is the uh well not the mother's good. But when he does like the businessman looking guy with the suit and the slick back hair, his laugh when he <laughs> when he does that, oh my god! Remember his Saturday morning uh, TV show? Hey Vern, <clears throat> hey Vern, and he would hey, do, yeah, he, he would do, do the haircuts, and then he did, did like the, uh, you know, one of and there would all be different styles of, and then he would do like the businessman or something. He that would, was uh, clearly that was clearly his version of Pee Wee Herman. He was trying to do oh, yeah. what you know, there was that period of time where big, uh, big adults time. playing sort totally. of child, childish characters was a thing. <laughs> For a season How many two. watching? What? Any? How many, many we got? Anybody? One oh nine. Right nice. now. One eleven. One oh nine. Hey, I should do thumbs up. Everyone do thumbs up. Yeah, uh, yeah I, haven't done, I haven't done a thumbs smash up. Here you go. There's a Where's everybody up. from? Smash it. Yeah, we didn't even do that. Caleb's getting the show started. Oh, yeah. We didn't even do like who's here. Well, uh, it's an hour and 40 minutes later. Yeah, they're I gotta already go, I gotta go Welcome, soon. everybody. You got to go. <laughs> there's another, there's another, another show starting soon. So, <laughs> not tonight. Wow. That was good. So look, at, get... look at look at his face. Look at Ernest's face. See. <laughs> what? So did you guys talk Kinda about like Jay's Roth... face? <laughs> did you talk about the Roth revelation? No, we've been having fun. None of us watched it. Yeah, we, right. I mean, we 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 referenced it briefly and gave it the right amount of respect. respect. What's your take on that, Paul? Uh, what's uh, Caleb? What's my take? Uh, well, I've heard it before. I've heard I've heard it mentioned that that. That the stripes were Dave, Dave's idea, but uh, there's that there's that guy from the Dills, right? That mm-hmm. kind of blows that out of the water. So if it was Dave's idea, that then Dave saw the guy from the Dills with the stripe, uh, Les Paul. Brings us back white. to Kryptonesia. That, he said that on his radio show back in uh, 2007. He said that that it was the Dills guitar player. Yeah. Right. I don't know if he, so I don't know if he mentioned the Dill. I don't know if he mentioned the band. Do you have that I, picture, I it's, been, it's been a few years since I listened to the clip. Right. So there's that that little piece of fact. Uh, but what was weird about what the way Dave described it was that he he made it seem like Frankenstein was already white, but we know it was black. And then he taped it and then he painted it white and then peeled. And, but Dave's trying to make it sound like that the thick black stripes on the, the Frankenstein are, are are electrical tape, which it always kind of looked like to me, over a white body. So um, I don't know what's the truth anymore. 
but he even got Who's... into the, the detail about the squiggle. Oh, me Turn down your alert. Who's taking Who's taking more credit for Van Halen's success, oh. David Lee Roth or Mitch Malloy these days? Oh. <laughs> it's a tie. Yeah, it's a tie, but it's a weird one. It's it's weird yeah. for him to just come out with this now. And it's well, just, I think like, I think his last confessions of David Lee Roth. Maybe. The thing is, David it's Lee weird Roth. how he, he always has to throw in that like he I'm I'm talking with Al Van Halen and we're laughing like like uh, pirates like and it's the same thing he said in the uh, Rogan interview and it's just it's so how much who's me, taking who's yeah. making more comments David Lee Roth about talking with Alex Van Halen or Gene Simmons talking about discovering Van Halen I don't know but. Because Gene is doing that again now too. He's all of a sudden, yeah. you know, I found them. I, you know, yeah, everybody's know. everybody's sucking off the Eddie Teat these we days. We know, dude. We know. Well, everyone's trying to stake their claim, you know, because they yeah. know they know the most, you know, litigious person in the world is gone. So now they can pounce, and that's why Mitch is doing what he's doing. He he thinks no one's going to have the balls to pounce on what he's doing. Uh, with the logo, and 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 I just want to make something clear, especially for Mitch Malloy fans who are nice watching, or or Mitch himself who's watching. I don't know, but uh, I have no problem with 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 what you're doing uh, with Pete Thorne and and the experience and all that. But I do know that the one thing I never do with my tribute is I never use the logo and sell it. I never sell anything with the logo on it. And Mitch, you're you're selling merchandise with the logo on it, with the VH on it, and that's, I mean, that's a bit much in my in my book. So uh, you know that, and uh, it just it's a little bit cheesy uh, to me to 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 wait, you know, wait till Eddie passes and then and then you know create the experience you know your your van halen experience it's just it's a weird timing for it and uh if it was yeah. the real mitch malloy van halen experience it should just be him the show starts the lights come up he comes out from backstage watch walks across the stage he goes behind the curtain and the show's over <laughs> right or it's just him. no that's, it's just that's it's him it's experience. him in a chair and 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 there's like a stool next to him with a phone on it and he just sits there <laughs> oh. <laughs> waiting for the phone to ring here's where here's Maybe where that would work. if anybody has seen it and i'm sure you guys discussed it last night i didn't see the whole show um but the letter that mitch malloy his representative sent to to uh ray daniels and van halen's representative is very clear um you know based upon blah 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 blah, blah i would like to be re removed from consideration for the lead vocalist spot. So we will all acknowledge, and I have done this in the past, sometimes a little bit more vitriolic than others. Um, we will acknowledge that Mitch was in 5150 and probably a lot like Marky Mark in, in Rockstar, sang some <laughs> tracks, sang some tracks for the band. Feel, um, feel, feel. <laughs> but, um, but like Ralph Sands in and rock star didn't get the job 
um, and never got the job. And his own words from his own representative sent to Van Halen's representative is, I would like to be removed from consideration, not I would like to decline the opportunity. So that's all you need to know. I would like to be removed from consideration is an acknowledgement by Mitch Malloy that he was not the lead singer for Van Halen. Not, although I appreciate the offer, I would have to decline at this time. Were Mitch ever in Van Halen, that letter would not have been written as it was. End of debate. Gotcha. End of Mitch hour. Yeah. That's that's all you need. That's shit, Negro. That's all you need to say. Wow. <laughs> what? It's it's the Pulp Fiction what? quote. What? What? Okay. I want you to go in there and chill them motherfuckers out. <laughs> Are you sending the wolf? Oh my god. What? Uh, I, I even I even sanitized it for for the kids. Hi, Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> Rudy, Rudy would have jump the all stripes. Get control of your show. I think Roth said, uh-huh. "Yeah, maybe the interview I'm thinking of, or not interview, but when he was on, uh, what you call it, <clears throat> the radio show. I think he did say the Clash, the bass player from the Clash, or something, had his guitar yeah. taped up. That's what he said. He said he got the idea from what from the bass player. The bass player in the Clash had stripes on his his bass. And that's Cameron he, Brown. He Cameron that. Brown bringing bringing a little bit of a little bit of meet to the conversation about Mitch as well. Yep. Hmm. I, I've seen it myself. Yeah. I've heard yeah. those stories. I've heard those stories as well, Cameron. Well, I, I think it's because to, to, to Mitch, Eddie's not Mitch. I don't even know what that you means. Know. Well said. That's just, just confusing. <laughs> a lot. Well, I think there's something called malignant narcissism in, 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 you know, it's sure. play here. And yeah. Uh, and, 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 uh, uh, what's the other word that they use? Uh, cognitive dissonance. Yeah. I, I just think I, you know, my take is that, that, uh, Edward had some time with Mitch and probably said, uh, you know, we've been here before and I don't want to go here again. And, and him choosing someone like, uh, like Gary is like a, is like a total, it's a total fuck you to all the head cases out there because we know that Gary is anything but and maybe the nicest guy in rock and and the sanest guy and, you know, no ego. So uh, I think he just didn't want the ego problem anymore. And that's probably what he sniffed out on on Mitch Malloy uh, very early in that uh, looking him up or whatever you call Makes it. Makes sense, yeah. Long hair, blonde haired hood ornament. Yes. That's so, I mean, mean how much is six, Gary? Six, six words that 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 ex- describe the Mitch Malloy experience. How much has Gary said in the last year about it? You know, I mean, he, he he's Gary was in the fucking band and doesn't right. trade on it. He doesn't. He you know. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't trade on it, which I think is again a sign of class. And he hasn't looked back since 1998 or whatever it was, you know. It's nope. you know he went forward with his career and his band. Yeah, you never heard you never heard any kind of bitterness at all. Nope. No, no sour grapes. No nothing. Nope. Nope. 
and I will say it. I've said. I think I I sent the text to Caleb and uh, and Jay. I was just driving down the street, had Extreme on shuffle in my truck, and I just wrote Extreme fucking rules. They're just such a good band. Such a good band. Santa Cruz, that picture. Santa Cruz, that picture that uh, Johnny put up there a minute ago. That's mm-hmm. actually '98. So it's uh, Gary was in the band. That was at a Van Halen show. '98. Where where Mitch is doing his best, John Heater. So he <laughs> cut his hair after the. Uh, yeah. And our friend Larry, he actually sent us. There's a picture of of Mitch. Wait, and that's Gary. Mitch. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Holy that's like, smokes. That's like you with that spaghetti haircut you had back in the day. What is that? <laughs> Could you imagine? No. He probably shaved his head. He's like, look, I look like Gary now. What's, <laughs> yeah. in, the em- what's in the envelope behind behind Eddie? Ooh, the cease is. and desist. There it is. <laughs> And then our friend Larry, there's actually a picture. If you look right there, there's Eddie, Mitch, and Gary talking all to each other on the right. And oh, wow. as you see, as you see, Mitch is significantly further away from everything Van Halen <laughs> than Gary is. <laughs> uh, and we Rob, Rob Johnson. Out. We were joking. Yes, and Rob behind. Johnson in the back looking <laughs> all yoked. <laughs> Who's Mike talking to? Is that uh, is that Kevin? Looks like he just shit his pants. Dugan? Nice no, calves on the valet. Look at those. I think that's Scotty Ross. Oh. <laughs> that's security right there. Van Halen security. Yeah. Well, the guy in the middle What's looks like he's here? trying. He's trying What's to make on? sure that doesn't run down his leg and at the bottom of his shorts. He's like, oh, <laughs> go back to that other picture, Johnny. So, Michael, can I call you? No, you cannot. Oh, who's got the? <laughs> is that is that a crane? Monsters of Rock. Yeah, it's the Monsters of Rock Kramer, yeah. Yeah, Eddie told him he couldn't sign it. Go really? put this in your car, kid. <laughs> yeah, I'm, no, not signing any, I'm not signing any Kramers. There's Dugan protecting Michael Anthony's hand from Mitch Malloy's touch. Nice. Every, everything you touch <laughs> fails. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, hands off, hands off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fred level. I mean, uh, uh, Mark Graves. Mitch is like, may I park your car, please? He's giving him his ticket, <laughs> taking his keys. Exactly, right? <laughs> oh, no. It's like, all right, yeah, I, I, I almost was in the band. All right, can you go pick up my car, please? Remember that story I was telling earlier about uh, George Martin bringing the Beatles drinks? Yeah. Mitch is like, well, if it's good enough for George Martin, I can get your car. Yeah, don't compare him to George Martin in any way. No, I will not compare Mitch Malone to George Martin, although he may. It's the right time to park your minivan. (laughs) Hey! Hey, it's the 30th anniversary of the Dallas Free Show, if anyone cares. Which was a great... uh, one of the one of the better uh, Van Halen bootlegs that came out over the years, professional shot, you know, full concert. Yeah, do you have the? Is your version of it have still have the time code on the bottom? Oh, it's terrible. It? But, yeah, uh, yeah. Know. 
but uh, I, I wore the hell out of that VHS years ago. You know, it was that to me that was great. That to me was great uh, video too. That to me was both Van Halen's best and worst look of the nineties. Oh yeah, I mean, look, just look what they're wearing. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a mess. That's, that's just a mess. Nineteen ninety one. Yeah, that's like that's hey, like, hey, Seattle's happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like hey, okay, we're trying to go grunge, but we can't really. Yeah. And uh, even with the the uh, you know the the dirty shaven Ed, you know, I mean, yeah. I How bet you that's the squeal that and judgment day. By the way, that's the squeal and judgment day after the solo. Do they that's play the judgment level day nerd shit? Is what that is yep, right there. Is. I don't know if they played mm-hmm. it. Yeah, they did. Probably did. Yeah. Next level nerd shit. How long did he have the, the the facial hair without with the long hair before he cut it? Actually, I was looking that up. The uh, well, this was like a a one off when they were off a, the road. Yeah. So yeah, uh, end of the tour. Yeah, they, they yeah it was between Shreveport, Louisiana, and Biloxi, Mississippi, on the third and the fourth. In the the fourth, they played the out the 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 Dallas show, and then the sixth, they played. Uh, Biloxi, which was also, I think that was broadcast. Uh, Biloxi was broadcast on uh, FM. On uh, no Pensacola. Well, no, I'm I'm talking about the, on the radio. Pensacola was on video, wasn't it? That was uh, Pensacola was on the radio too. I think they, I or, or I had a, a bootleg of uh, Biloxi. Maybe that was what I'm thinking of. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was one of those al- album network deals that Tommy Nast was doing. Good night, Janice. Oh, bye, Janice. I always I figured I always figured they were playing Dallas that night or something, but no, they they went yep. from Shreveport on the third to Mississippi uh, Biloxi on the sixth. Good point, AI gaming. That was right around the time they were on tour with Allison Chains and Jerry Cantrell and Eddie were hanging out every night. So that could make that could explain Eddie's look. It's like, hey man, this is a good look. Looks like I, I you know I look like a dirty guy. I can do this. They also did when they uh, they were on... Uh, Johnny's awake. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> they they were on... Uh, maybe you saw this, John Biel. Was it, no. was it, was it American Music Awards? They won. Paul Schaefer handed them... He's like, here, through the magic of satellite. And, and Van Halen was sitting there, like, getting ready to play a show. And Eddie had the beard and everything. Like, it was okay. right around the same time. I'm sure I probably did see it. Here, babe. Here you go, babe. <laughs> Remember when you we played Panama together? Paul Schaefer, Paul Schaefer has had a fucking nice career for himself. That guy's done well. Plus, he wrote "It's Raining Men." <laughs> Did he? Claimed oh yeah. Name. Yeah. Wow. Oh, shit. Oh yeah. Should that's change. Paul Schaefer's song. Holy smokes! <clears throat> yep. All you need is one hit, and that's it, baby. Who? How often do you think that song has been licensed for for movies and commercials yeah. and all that shit? Yeah, he wrote that song. Paul Schaefer. Sure, from played, personal experience. He's played with a lot of people, man. And guess he's what? A, when Eddie passed away, he wrote on his Facebook, my the fa- my most favorite guitar player I've ever played with or jammed with. So there you go. Wow. Yeah, no, she's he's he's a uh he's a supreme musician. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you want to talk shit about now? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jay, you were the one that was on fire. All right, let's go with um. (laughs) Let's spin the wheel of shit talking. (laughs) Five guys talking shit. 
<laughs> Spin the Sometimes wheel. six when Michael Smith joins us. I got to grab a Pepsi. I'll be right back. Oh, I, was, I was about to, I was about to talk wait, shit wait. about somebody that was, Paul, Paul would love to talk shit about with me. I'll get into there with yeah, Randy Rhodes. I'll get into that with you in a second. <laughs> I was just gonna say, yeah. I'll be I'll be right back and we'll do that. Um while I'm gone, talk shit about me. <laughs> oh, oh see Paul. Johnny and Paul are out. Yep. Wow. So uh you guys got a wedding date or what's up? Not you and Jay, but John. <laughs> Well, July 9th, I will be uh, uh, marrying my fiance, Linda. Fiance. Whom I love. 7 9 22. Yes, 22. At least yeah. you're not doing one of those uh, um, sequential, you know, number weddings. I, I have a, a close friend of mine, actually. He, he got married July. Caleb. Sorry. He got, he got married July. 8th 2009 so he so, seven eight nine right nice okay. so i remember him telling me on the phone and i'm like looking at you know look at the calendar i'm like dude it's a wednesday <laughs> yeah i had to do it on a sequential day you gotta know she likes the date and i'm like <laughs> dude people work that day and have to go to work the next day you know like <laughs> So what's she's like, the... she's like, why is six afraid of seven? Oh my goodness! Cause seven, eight, nine. Oh, <laughs> I was in disbelief. I'm like, dude, man, you know. And guess what happened? As soon as the wedding was over, people were splitting home. Oh, out of there. a Wednesday wedding? Yeah, that's a Wednesday of... wedding. Don't do. You know, still also, you, you know what you can't do. Also, sorry, not what you can't do. What you shouldn't do is during football season have your wedding on a Sunday. Oh yeah. Oh no. Because everybody's in the bar watch watching football then. Right. You know? Or no one I shows up. At two weddings. Two weddings. One of them was a close friend of mine. One of them was a close friend of Jeannie's. A Sunday afternoon, right? The first one, the Bears were playing the, the uh Panthers in 2010. The second one, the Bears were playing the Chiefs in 2015. I sat in the back row and had you know I had the Sunday ticket on my phone. And I'm watching the game. Why? I'm like, no, don't do it. Wrong. Bless you. Bless you. Thank you. So the reason I the reason I brought up Randy Rose, and listen, I'm not going to turn this into a into a smack talking thing again for the hundredth time. Maybe I guess you are. So somebody on Twitter, I think I I sent you guys a screenshot about their like dream band. So they had. Um, oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Neil Peart, Cliff Burton, drums, bass. Uh, Dio. Dio was the yeah. singer, and then they had Randy Rhodes as as the <clears throat> guitar player. I think Caleb Reesh. chimed in with uh, Freddie Mercury, right? Well, you know what? If if it's that, then it's yeah, it's a little more metal. So, but except for the Neil Peart part, you know, like. Uh, because I I do think you know Eddie and Neil Peart should be in the All Heaven Band, even yeah. even though you know Bonham might be, suit Eddie a little more than uh, than yeah, Neil. Yeah, definitely. You know what definitely. I mean? Like this, yeah, that feel groove, and that swing. that pocket groove, like yeah, 
that would just be insane. And you know, Alex is closer to Bonham than he is. We know Alex Ginger was a Baker. big, you know, Bonham, Keith Moon, Buddy Rich mixture, yeah. basically, of those three. So, um, yeah, I mean, right. I think Freddie Mercury is the ultimate frontman singer, in my opinion. You know, is he? Is he? You know, David Lee Roth, circa nineteen eighty one. You know, nobody's going to touch that year with that band. And they were the most perfect band of all time in 1981. And in my humble opinion, like nothing can touch like those live videos from Oakland, you know, nothing, just massive, massive. And I think everybody who watched that, who was in the game, watched that and went, oh, shit, you know, (laughs) that's good. And uh, but, you know, Freddie Mercury is freddie mercury and i i yeah. think even even non-fans can go to a queen show and see what he does at a at a performance at that level and how he's working his magic with the vocals it's just look just, at live aid or, or any it's another yeah. it's another planet and he wasn't even great at at live aid no you know what i mean like he was no, he was sick he was, at live aid yeah he was already kind of kind of and he was out of practice and all that but still you know, just just the vibe and everything he had, you know, he completely controlled the whole world. Like the world was watching and he was in charge. And here's the thing, though, the difference between Freddie and Dave. And I'm with you. Dave was the greatest American frontman of all time. But Freddie Mercury is the greatest frontman of all time because he could do all of what he did and he was in key. And sure. <clears throat> that to be able to have all the tools in your box and think in my, and, and, you know, while well, Dave was doing that 1981 show in Oakland in front of packed houses of 18,000 people sold out in Oakland, Freddie Mercury was over in Europe in front of 60,000 people. Oh, yeah. Because sure. Queen, Queen was a much bigger band uh, in Europe than they ever were in the United States. Um, and, and, and to me, they're and, not and, in the same category, Paul. No, they're not. They're not the same band. They're not the same kind of band. But, but even they're not the same vocalist. It's no. It's the, it's the Dave show, right? Compared yeah. to the the Mercury, you know. Uh, uh, well, didn't concerto, you know? It's, it's yeah. yeah Freddie I mean, was Freddie was Broadway. Dave was vaudeville. There you go. They're both they're both phenomenal environments from which to perform, but Dave was more <coughs> Catskill comedian doing his thing, and. Freddie was more Shakespearean artist. Um, and the thing that makes Freddie better to me is the fact that he could do everything Dave could do with the exception of the high kicks. But Dave, but <laughs> Freddie Mercury, you know who steals a lot from Freddie Mercury is, is Bruce Dickinson from Iron Maiden because of that theatrical theater movement on stage. Fred could make an 80,000-seat stadium feel like a 300-seat club the way David Lee Roth could do it with a hockey arena. And again... Yeah. Freddie was playing soccer stadiums while Dave was playing hockey arenas. And that's where the difference is. But I'm with you, Caleb. Dave is my favorite frontman of all time, but Freddie is the greatest. And if you're talking about putting again a band together of the greatest of all time, I think Freddie, because he's a better singer than anybody that's ever stood before him mm-hmm. and a great frontman, you know, singer, a number one, frontman, eight number two behind Dave. Dave, frontman, a number one, singer, C minus. You know what I mean? <laughs> But he's such a good front man that you're willing to overlook the other shit. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Freddie didn't make mistakes. Freddie had no flaws except for those massive teeth. 
<laughs> so how about this then? Instead of picking, but Freddie had no flaws at all. Instead of, instead of picking the best, why don't we pick like what we think would work? I mean, I know chemistry; you can never guess chemistry or, or just plan on it happening. But you know, I, I don't. There's certain people that you're like, eh, I don't, I don't see that working. Yeah, like Neil Pert and Eddie Van Halen don't necessarily gel together as, as no. you know, as, as it. Yeah, as I'd like to see Vi. I'd like to see Vi and Neil Pert. Like there, you there go. yes, there yes. you go. I yeah. mean, that would be ridiculous because of the, the technical prowess of both those players. Yep. They're literally they're they're counting in in 30 second notes. Mm -hmm. You know, and also all the, time. the uh the four that they had on that on that, you know, what their dream band would be, out of all four of those guys, who's like the most proficient songwriter? Well, you know, Dio probably. But Dio, Dio only wrote one style of song, you know. Um, I mean, Neil Peart wrote Neil Peart wrote lyrics. He wrote, wrote, he wrote lyrics. phenomenal yeah. lyrics, and yeah. obviously he he turned the the drum machine drums that that uh, Al, that Alex and, and Getty would give him into something very very just mm -hmm. it was melodic and musical too. Musical, so musical, yeah. and 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 the song would ramp up. It would add. He would add different elements every time a part would repeat or whatever like that, he's throwing extra stuff in to make it build. Who was the bass player it. on that list? It was Cliff Burton. Cliff Burton. Which I, yeah. I get it. I mean, he's but, the Randy Rhodes of... Yeah, but he, I, he I love Cliff Burton, Randy Rhodes but of bass, he's the yeah. Randy Rhodes of bass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Death was a great career move. He's not Entwistle. Oh. You know, he's not right. Entwistle. He's I, not I Chris put, Squire. Right. I put Entwistle, you know far above he, cliff Burton. he's like <laughs> he was the best musician in the who you know like sure he, yep. he most technically proficient guy in the yes the who, absolutely yeah he yes. was the one that got that got metallica into like doing the guitar harmonies and stuff like that well it's because he was a rush fan he was into Prague. <clears throat> yeah um but, but no he was, you can he would tell james like you know to do certain things and at the time james was like what the hell is this guy talking about by the way just for the chat's edification the people we have we're talking about have to be dead Oh, we can talk about Steve Harris and John Paul Jones. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was a um a, a yeah. band, band in, in heaven. heaven. That's right. That's right. Yes, the band in heaven. So Jay's you can't. They have to be dead. No, I'm ripped. I'm ripped. Yeah, because <laughs> Neil, because Neil Peart's in there, it has to be Eddie, and and just because he who's adds, writing the music. Yeah, right. Who's writing the songs? Well, who's writing be, the riffs? It would be Cliff and and Neil. Well, who who wrote the tweet? <laughs> Mr. Happy Look, Nash. A Rush Mr. fan. Happy Nash. Mitch yeah, Malloy Rush. wrote that. Mitch <laughs> Malloy wrote that. <clears throat> Randy probably could have been a great writer had, had his career been a little longer. But no, he couldn't. Know. His career was no. long enough. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Damn. He had, he had four albums. He had four albums to write a hit song, and he didn't do it. <laughs> That's a good point. He didn't. Bob Daisley wrote those songs. Sorry, that's a yeah. fact. Now, no, that doesn't take away from Randy's playing on those records. He played well. His tone was horrible, but he played well on those records. Um, but he didn't write those songs. That's the point we're trying to make. Is that that? Yeah, to Randy, be Randy to be wasn't a great songwriter. To well, be so considered one of the greatest guitarists ever, you have to be somewhat of the, of the whole package. You can't just be all flashy lead player and you know all this stuff right you have to be a great rhythm player you have to be at least a good songwriter yeah i think i think the best dead guitar player 
to play with Pert with that style would be like Holdsworth. You know, Holdsworth and Pert would be sick. Les Paul. Les Paul. For sure. You know, Les Paul is a, a pretty phenomenal guitar player. People forget because they know the, the, the guitar. They don't realize a lot of people haven't gone back and listened to his music. Les Paul was doing what all these shredders do today, all these fast players do today in the 1940s. Mm -hmm. I mean, his, his legato technique without distortion, you know, although he did speed up some of his tape later on down the line when he, when he figured out how to do that, oh. but, but his, his oh, legato. Oh, Vincent, Les Paul. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was, he was a phenomenal player. Um, and people don't, don't recognize him as the player he was because he was so instrumental, no pun intended in. Yeah. recording technology and the development of the electric guitar they forget oh by the way he could also play unlike yeah, leo I like, fender i, I like <laughs> keith campbell's right there i think that's what keith campbell's I, band yeah i like that one sure that's not bad i like that a lot although, although yeah. it's not bad at all because i cornell here's the thing cornell um cornell a lot like sammy up. If it's a 12 song set, the first nine songs are going to be good. And then Cornell is going to get tired at the end because pacing for a guy like him was not, was not easy because he wasn't a classically trained singer like Freddie Mercury and some others. Um, so Cornell was so emotional and would blow it out so hard at the beginning of the set that the end of the set would be a little bit lacking, but I could see that as being a great band right there. That's a great band. No, Timothy Leo, we can't have two guitar players in the band. No, it's just four people. <laughs> Ed what about, what about a keyboard a rhythm player, guitar player? Well, if you're going to put a keyboard player in there, John Lord, end of fucking discussion. Oh, sure. Fret Level Midnight said Keith Moon over, over uh, Neil Peart. Oof. Okay. I, I love The Who. They're my, probably my second favorite band. But Keith Moon was not the greatest drummer. I mean, he was... He's not he the greatest, perfectly. but he's he's probably the, the most own, you know, own style drummer sure. ever like he had nobody, his style yeah nobody has ever played like him and nobody will right. like what like keith just, moon yeah it's yeah. ginger baker played like ever. keith moon you think Who? yes ginger baker played like keith moon ginger baker know. was was as wild as keith moon absolutely except ginger baker was more talented than keith moon you know the, the <clears> thing about my, my favorite bass player from metallica is is jason newstead hands down because of the live performance and just it fits so perfectly like he because was almost like he's just of, perfect uh, in that band right gg allen on shit um but <laughs> i take the, I still take the b that, out of there <laughs> if, yeah if, if Cliff burton if Cliff burton didn't die i don't think metallica would have changed when they did they would have i don't think cliff burton oh would have let him you know you watch interviews with with cliff and and james james cowers to cliff when cliff's talking he he ran that shit, man. Black Salami, take Ginger Baker out and put Keith Moon in. That would work. Gigi Allen, Keith, Keith Moon, Moon Sid Vicious, Vicious, and yeah. Jim Morrison. Maybe, yeah. That's a pretty <laughs> fucked up band right there. Ooh, Lane Staley. Oh, shit. I'm, well, I'm a huge Lane in, Staley yeah. fan. He could fit in there. <laughs> but what a lot of people don't get about Lane Staley was half of his music that he was in, he was doubling with... Uh, Jerry Cantrell with Jerry and they were making that that vocal signature that they had it was yeah, the that, co that combination eerie, evil evil harmony it was the combination of the two and 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 yeah. they sound very similar by the way well that's uh, that's it you know I would say that that's what the same they have the same thing that Lennon and McCartney had vocally 
which was a, a natural harmonic pleasant tone that worked yeah. for the two of them. right but you you always know you you knew who paul was and you knew who john was in yes. that mix and 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 staley and and uh fuck me what the fuck i just keep forget jerry, jerry. Cantrell. yeah jerry cantrell yeah are very similar like they have very similar voices uh it, it's kind of hard to tell them apart in a lot of cases Saying. But Jer Jerry wrote the majority of even the lyrics in uh, Alice. Oh, in yeah. Yeah. Jerry just put out a great new album. It's a solo album. Yeah. Yeah. It came out two weeks ago. I'll have to, I'll have to peep it. Yeah. Lane Staley, Jimi Hendrix, John Bonham, and Bootsy Collins. <laughs> and Miles Davis. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the, it's even harder to, to do something like this. Pick That's like all over the place. Yeah. So uh it's all over the place. You know, I you know, I I'd like to throw guys like Gary Moore into that run too, but people don't sure. Gary Moore never gets the credit. He's the unsung influence. Phenomenal guitar player that nobody references. Same thing with Gary Richrath. Um, and the best faces too. Best guitar. Yes. Uh Tommy Bolin, who never gets referenced because his his body of work is a lot like Randy Rhodes. It was too small. The the stuff that he did in Zephyr, nobody really cares about. The two solo albums didn't have a hit anywhere on them. Um, and his work with Deep Purple was too short. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> nice job, Mike. Well played. Well played. Ginger yeah, Baker would very like to fart on hookers. Yep. He liked to shit on him and all that. More stuff. than farts, dude. Oh, um, that's that farts is foreplay. I saw that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Keith Campbell, Jesus Christ. I will take Ray Gillen in that band that we were talking about earlier over Chris Cornell. I would put Ray Gillen in that in that category. Ray Gillen is the greatest singer that nobody's ever heard of. So good. DK Wilson brings up Ginger Baker, Jimi Hendrix, Jocko, and Scott Weiland. That would be uh, Hendrix although, and Jocko. Hendrix, Jocko, and Ginger would be a great fucking band. I don't know who the singer could be for that band, but Jesus Christ, talk about guys who would I think would fit together nicely. Super nice. That'd be a great one. Mm -hmm. I was nobody brought up some uh, Michael Jackson. <laughs> well, nobody wants to be starting something, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good Beat it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, by the way, for those that don't believe that that um, yeah, Jimmy would sing. For those that don't believe that that Keith Moon and 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 Ginger Baker uh, played alike, they did. They were both they're both disciples of of Buddy Rich and Gene Krupa, jazz drummers. Um, I don't think. And Mitch, Mitch Mitchell, Mitch Mitchell was a lot in that category too. Yeah, Mitch Mitchell was another one of those guys. There was a lot of that uh, just yeah. falling downstairs and landing on your feet type yeah. of drumming. Keith yeah. Moon liked like surf music. Keith, I don't was he a jazz drummer in any respect? Yes. I don't yes. know. Yes. I mean, well, well, here's the thing. He was look, some of us are influenced by people that we like to, to name drop as an influence and don't play anything like them. Um, but Gene Krupa and Buddy Rich are the two guys that really started the ball rolling for all of these other guys. Um, those were the jazz drummers that that brought a heavy backbeat to what they played that caused all of these other drummers like Ringo Starr and like um, uh, uh, Charlie Watts and, you know, and the Mitch Mitchells. And then, you know, you start Wait, to see was... what? 
Never, never mind. I'm, I'm, I'm Were you going to ask who Charlie Watts was? Yeah. No, I know. No. <laughs> I, I was going to say something funny, but I'm going to I'm going to leave it for uh Yeah, I mean, like like Charlie Watts or not, uh he he was the signature sound and, you know, arguably the greatest band of all time as far as just body of work and longevity and and, you know, songs. Yes. I'm not saying the Stones are just the shit and are the greatest but but uh no i just his signature was not being able to hit the yeah the snare drum and the hi-hat together and it drove me nuts man it's not that he couldn't do it that was that was just his technique. but it was I mean, it was, was genius because it gave it gave swing. the snare its own sound completely it was never mixed with anything so yeah. i think you just hit it's just yeah it's a, it's a, that's his swing uh, fret level midnight. I know you really want to want to passionately disagree, but go watch some Gene Krupa video and then watch some some Keith Moon video back to back. They they look almost identical. I know that Keith Moon didn't play like a jazz drummer in the Who because that wasn't the environment for him. But that was his influence. That's where he came from. You know. Uh, by the way, our 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 favorite drummer Alex Van Halen also a disciple of Buddy Rich and Gene Krupa and those guys, and then added a little John Bonham into it. And Keith Moon. And Keith Moon. So Dude. there's that there's that that snowball. And Ginger effect. Baker, because they the Van Halen brothers love cream more than anybody. So right. you know. <clears throat> so it's a it's a um you know, that's that that goes back to what we were talking about before you joined Caleb uh with Jay when we were talking about you don't have to be a fan of the band to sit down and watch what's going on there as a fan of music, you can see where it comes from. Um, and it's and it's beautiful to watch that. It's beautiful to watch done, that. Has Jay watched a minute yet or no? Some I of watched, it. I watched a couple yeah. of the clips. <laughs> okay. I watched the clip where um, Paul's writing um, "Get Back." I watched the clip where uh, George Harrison quits the band or yeah. something. It was weird. <laughs> and then another clip that I, oh something about um, Paul McC uh, Paul telling. Uh, something to memorize the lyrics oh. you know, learn them Whatever. yeah didn't ringo quit the band before paul before uh george yes I think ringo quit in the prior they all to quit for that. yeah it's interesting about that band you quit? They, no you quit i quit no no you don't you're not quit i'm quit <laughs> i'm quitting Ted, i'm taking my mic stand with me this is mine um <laughs> you know people quit the beatles so often that it wasn't viewed as a tragedy when it happened. Like, and that's another thing that you learn in this, in this documentary, not to give too much away, but it's like, all right, who quit this time? And it, it got to the point where they would bust each other's balls to the point where John looked at the other and goes, well, then why don't you leave the band then? Like it was one of the, <laughs> that's, like, what, that I, was, that's what I remember is that it was actually like a common thing. You know, it became even, a joke. The older Beatles documentaries, the, 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 the one that was on in the nineties, the, uh, I can't remember the, the, the Beatles anthology series or whatever. And then there was like the complete Beatles and stuff. Jay wants to say something. About. I'll be right back. Okay. Um, there was yeah, a lot no, of Beatles all... history before the get back too. you know, that, that yeah. had a lot of those tidbits in it, but it became a joke. It was sort of a joke. They would have got back together like 81, 82. I really think they did oh, yeah. get back together on several occasions. Like Van Halen, they got together and jammed all the time out of the public eye. They were friends. They were all still friends, which is the beautiful part that came out a few years ago. It was right around the time um, Yoko and Paul sort of made up publicly 
Um, and they were like, yeah, man, we didn't hate each other. Like the, the, there was that, there's that when bands break up, there's this misnomer that they fucking hate each other. Cause right. that's why they split up. Cause some bands do Fleetwood Mac and you know, the kinks and all that shit, the Oasis brothers and, um, and Van Halen to a certain degree. I mean, the legends of, of, of Dave versus Sammy, look, it's the greatest feud in rock history that continues even after the band is gone. Um, but a lot of bands split up just because they can't work together. anymore. it doesn't mean they fucking hate each other. There was the whole story of uh, Lorne Michaels trying to to get uh, George and Paul, George and uh, not George, uh, John and Paul, Paul and John. To, to come on to the show in the late seventies or mid seventies or something. And well, they they, hung they up, were both they hung in the together. same. They were they were in New they were both in New York in the same house at the same time. They like, were at John's apartment. They were at high. John's apartment. Yeah, at yeah, the time, and Saturday they considered it. They considered it, and I think he offered like uh, you know an outrageous amount of money for it. It was literally they were on they were on the phone apparently during the show. Yeah. They were watching the show, and John was obviously was was known to frequent tapings and in, in the studio and was friends with with John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd and, yeah. and some of those guys. So they all ran in the same circles, and. And basically, John let Lorne Michaels know that he and Paul were hanging out and they wanted to come to the after party. And Lorne Michaels like, fuck, man, come to the show. Come hang yeah. out and jam. Oh and God. they literally were like, do you want to do it? I don't know. Maybe. Eh, yeah. Never mind. Let's smoke another joint. Yeah, that's right. I mean, man. they were this close to <laughs> fucking really just were. showing up on Saturday. Right? That's a true story. Yeah. There's like a movie. There should be a movie just about that night in New York. Yes. Like what <laughs> happened? That what night. could have been like that would have been fucking yeah. awesome yep how great just that story alone is another legend to the beatles that paul and john were hanging out getting high in his apartment watching saturday night live imagine you're paul mccartney and john lennon all right and then, i want to bring this up to dave grohl at some point too imagine you're paul mccartney and john lennon you can fucking do whatever you want like together they could have called the white house and said hello uh president ford yeah paul mccartney john lennon can we come over and hang and the president would be like, yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, Those sure. guys, nobody, who's going to fucking say no to Paul and John? Right. That's so maybe, stupid. Maybe Jimmy Carter. I don't, Carter, I don't know about Ford. <laughs> are you um, going to talk to Dave Grohl? Uh, no, maybe. He's coming to town, so maybe that could happen. Um, okay. I, know, I know, you're going to get me after the show. Um, <laughs> but if you haven't watched the rock and roll hall of fame induction ceremony i want you to point out i want just want to point out how fucking which one insane the most recent one oh. it's it's fucking insane how important dave grohl has become in rock history he is the guy that's flying the flag for 30 years i mean think about this that the, the foo fighters have been around for almost 30 years 27 28 years right and they're going into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Whether or not that's deserved or otherwise, that's for another discussion. But Paul McCartney agrees to induct them. All right? The greatest living musician on the planet says, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Goes up there and talks about, in his induction speech, and I won't ruin it, but I'm going to give a couple points of it. He says, you know, imagine being in the most important band in your generation, and that band splits up. What do you do? You start your own band. I was in a very important band called the Beatles. Quick pop from the crowd. Yeah. And then, then we split up. It was tragic. And then I formed Wings. Big pop from the crowd. Dave was in a pretty important band himself. And they split up. What was he to do? He formed his own band. Foo Fighters, Big Pop. He basically, what Paul McCartney did was take 
his majesty and say, Dave Grohl is the Paul McCartney of this era. Think about what the, how humbling that must be to be the musician that is standing there and has Paul McCartney hand you the fucking baton for greatest living musician. Just think and about that. At the end of the show, you jam with him. Like and the then you jam. By the way, like the if, it, yes, if you haven't seen, uh, seen, it's another Foo Fighters thing. If you haven't seen Foo Fighters live at Wembley, there's another fucking great moment where they're at Wembley Stadium and Dave Grohl says, when this opportunity came up, there was no way I was going to fucking say no. And he calls Jimmy Page and John Paul Jones onto the stage. That's right. And he grabs the microphone and Taylor, the and Taylor whips into the beginning of rock and roll. Oh, no, no, no. no. He, Dave gets behind the drums first and Taylor sings rock and roll from Zeppelin with John Paul Jones on his right and Jimmy Page on his left. And they sing that song and then they stop and they switch positions. Dave Grohl grabs the microphone and sings Ramble On with John Paul Jones and Jimmy Page and Taylor behind him playing. Dave Grohl has played and jammed on stage with three of the greatest musicians to ever do it. And oh, by the way, he was also in a band called Nirvana. Like, that's the third most impressive thing about Dave Grohl. <laughs> well, fourth, really, because Foo Fighters are a better band than Nirvana was. So just think about that. I just wanted to point that out. You know, like, you talk about all these things that are great about music. Paul McCartney put his fucking stamp of approval, which is not an easy thing to do because Paul McCartney, as much as people love him, is a notorious curmudgeon <laughs> when it comes to music and giving his endorsement to things. And he fucking gives it to Dave Grohl. That's phenomenal. Super cool. Oh, yeah. Dave Grohl jammed yeah. with Prince, too. How great is that? Jesus. And David Lee Roth. Yeah, David Lee Roth. So yeah. stupid. So stupid. And, and, Dave Dave Grohl is like the Forrest Gump of rock. And, and exactly. when, when Dave Grohl jams in front of the mirror, he jams with Dave Grohl. <laughs> but just think about that for a second. Holy shit. <laughs> Just imagine it be fucking Dave Grohl. Talk about a charmed life. There's a book. Guy works his ass off. Nobody works harder than Dave Grohl, except maybe James Brown, but he dead now. And still working. Wow. <laughs> Caleb, where's that picture? <laughs> what? Where's oh. that picture? I don't have that picture. With Dave Grohl with the... Oh, pick. that picture. Yeah, holding my pick. Wait, you want to give me your pick? <laughs> That's what he said. There you go. <laughs> oh, wow, that was quick. Oh. That's my that's my picture with Dave Grohl. Dave and Taylor. Meh. You look like meh. meh. Oh! Meh. Yeah, it's Dave Grohl. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Taylor. Yeah. Yep. Meh. Yep, just hanging with Dave and Taylor. While that interview, while we did that interview, um, Dave and Taylor were playing Hangman using a pencil on the table in catering. They were drawing, and they uh, uh, they drew the twenty one twelve album cover. I'm like, you do realize this table is now going to be worth something someday? And Dave's like, I don't give a shit. It was cool. <laughs> that was one of the one of the cool times, one of the cool moments. Like, I don't have a lot of moments that I have pictures with people. I just don't do mm -hmm. pictures with people that I've met, but that was one of those cool moments. And they were like, "Hey, you guys, want to do a picture?" Yeah, all right, cool. Like they they brought it up. Okay, awesome. they wanted a picture with me. Yeah. 
By the way, it's funny. Jesus repairs me. I own no Foo Fighters music. The only thing I own from Dave Grohl is Probot. I own no Foo Fighters and I own no Nirvana. Anybody want a cat? <laughs> I'm I'm freaking pissed. What happened? What? I, what? So, if there's any um, parents out there with younger children, you know, there's these the thing called you know Elf on the Shelf, right? <laughs> so, they had something cool set up down there. Those little sneaky elves. And my cat jumped on the damn dining room table uh -oh. and destroyed it. <laughs> Sorry. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Johnny, I put that in the chat, that, that picture, by the way, in our chat. It's a, it's a gif. I made a gif. A gif. Never a gif. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, I didn't even have the band fully put together yet, and uh, but I had picks made, and and uh, I gave them a pick, and I told them about about it, and uh, he was like, "Wait, you want to give me your pick?" Because I think everybody asks him for his picks, and uh, but he said, "Nerd Halen," right there, like sure. after this video, he goes, "Nerd Halen," and he thought to himself for a second, and he looked at the person next to him and goes. Man, I'd go see that. So that was really cool. And I think he meant it. So he was he was at we were at uh Velvet Revolver's first show at the El Rey Theater, um, which was in two thousand four, summer of two thousand four. Um, and my buddy who worked for a record company, we parked in the parking lot down the street from the El Rey, where it has a big sign that says it's Staples parking lot, but it says Staples Toes on the wall. Um, and of course we come out after watching Velvet Revolver. They only played like five, six songs, but it was a showcase and it was like fucking packed with all radio industry people. And my buddy's truck got towed. So I went over with my buddy and we stole the sign. We pulled the sign off the wall that said Staples Toes and brought it over in front of the El Rey and had everybody that was in the truck that night autograph it. Dave Grohl comes out of the, uh, the El Rey and he sees this crowd of people doing this thing. So he sticks his head and he goes, what the hell's going on over here? <laughs> and we told him the story. We're like, Dave, this is what happened. And he goes, oh, that sucks. We go, you want to sign the the uh, the sign? We were going to take the sign over. And we did it. We took the sign over to Kinko's and made 500 copies of it and put it in the uh, mailbox of everybody that was staying at the Beverly Hilton Hotel that <laughs> night because we were going to pass the hat the next morning at a convention, at a symposium, to try and come up with uh, money to get my friend's truck out of impound. Um, so we go, Dave, do you want to sign this? He goes, fuck yeah, I'm in. So Dave signs it. So we literally had this thing around it. It says, actual Dave Grohl autograph. <laughs> and we, we brought it over to Kinko's and had those things made. And we're it's like four in the morning and we're at the Beverly Hilton stuffing people's mailboxes. So when they went down to check out, everybody got a copy of Staples Toes with the Dave Grohl autograph on it. <laughs> it's my Dave Grohl story. That's very good. Awesome, man. Plus, he's a huge barbecue fan. Caleb will tell you that. He's a huge... Huge fan of the barbecue. That's what he was doing that night. Yeah, he was running a barbecue at like a an out a party. That's his thing. Just like making mm. pulled pork sandwiches for everybody it was mm. surreal.
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. right. All right. Jay, who else you want to talk shit on? Who's next? Uh, Are we handled? Mitch. By the way, Jay hasn't stopped eating since he turned his camera back on. Has anybody cool. noticed that? He's just jamming his face full of fucking food. Mm. Cheez Its, man. Cheez Its are so good. Oh, oh Cheez Its are the best. How does Mike Tyson say that? Cheez Its. Cheez Its. Cheez Its. Um, the best is great Cheez Its. You get Cheez Its and you get it all packed in the back of your mouth, like stuck in your molars, and then you drink a carbonated beverage. Mm-hmm. And the bubbles take it off your teeth, and you get to eat them again. Oh wow! Let's try that. Mm-hmm. Michael Smith, take care, my friend. Captain, Captain, everybody. Captain. Hey! Just chiming in, saying hi to everyone, and uh, <clears throat> we'll see him next time. Working hard. By and the again, way, geez, Michael the using original. the word communicable. Cheese it's there's there's no off brand. That even competes. You know, you got no cheese um, nips are not cheese nips are the closest things. Yeah, cheese nips, but they're there's the consistency, there's something about them that's not as good. You got then you had the remember remember tidbits? Mm-hmm. Oh, it sounds familiar. Yep, they were like the longer, you know. Oh, okay, yeah. Cheddar, yeah. cheddar thing. And then there was the uh better cheddars, those are pretty good. Ooh. You know, sweet uh the uh Pepperidge Farm goldfish are pretty close. Those are good. They're close, especially if you get the pizza. Different one. animal, pizza. though. That's pizza a different, fish is a different thing. Yeah. yeah. Pizza fish, though, are good. The Pepperidge Farm goldfish. They're Pepperidge supposed to taste farm. like pizza. Pepperidge, Pepperidge Farm. Farm. I remember. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Cheez-Its are awesome. They're they're like Cheez-Its are like Fig Newtons. You can't really fake them. I don't like Fig Newtons, but oh, okay. nobody oh, likes Fig Newtons. No, my point is they're they're singular. <laughs> Yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing that that Matt like Doritos. There's nothing. Nobody else makes a nacho cheese flavored chip. That's good. It's a, it's a unique thing. No, but there's what's the um the Dre is it a did, what brand makes the uh nacho cheese chips whatever the hell they're basically Bravo, right? Yeah. Bravo. Yeah. They have it, it's a bootleg version and it's not yeah. nothing competes with the original. It's like when you mentioned Fig Newtons. I'm not a Fig Newton fan. But we've all had a bite of a bootleg Fig Newton, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's like oh my god, like a fig bootin, a fig bootin. <laughs> well, it's funny because there are a million brands of cola, but there are only three that anybody can name. RC, that's uh, the third RC? one. Diet right and, and Coke. Oh, Ab. Shasta, Shasta. You know. Everybody, who makes a, a lemon lime soda that's good? Seven Up and Pepsi. Squirt. Or Seven Up and uh, Sprite. Sprite. Yeah, Sprite. Uh, that's the Squirt. thing is you've got a situation where if you are singular, there you know there are two two versions of orange soda that anybody knows. Obviously, you got um, what? Yeah, Fanta. Fanta's the best. No, it used to be Crush and Sunkist. Uh, Crush, yes. Crush and Sunkist. Sun yeah, but Fanta has has pulled out ahead. I mean, I do like my Fanta. Yeah, Fanta Orange Fanta is, is on, the shit. Dude. Yeah, Fanta's the, the is the shit. That's you know slice. you get into those slice. How about cactus yeah, cooler? Slice. Yo, Kurt. Kurt mentions um the exact opposite of what I was saying. He stacks are better than Pringles. I don't know about that. Try it again, AB, and buy buy the same yeah. flavor of both. AB. Of them. Them. <laughs> like a mix. 
Dude, I just AB'd mixed 1.0 with 1.2. Stephen yeah. Franklin, you think Polar Cola, you're thinking of White Rock, right? White Rock, Polar Cola? I don't know. Yeah, White Rock. I Remember Aspen? Remember thing. Aspen? Mm-hmm. No. It was like an apple. Aspen? What? <laughs> no, but I do remember I do remember uh, Pepsi Light, which was Pepsi with like a little lemon little lemon twist. That you Pep- there was Pepsi Free, and then there was also... Uh, Pepsi Free was garbage. Yeah, there was a lemon Pepsi. It was the, that was the lemon is Pepsi, Pepsi Light. Pepsi Light was Pepsi yeah. Lemon. Yeah, yeah. It was it had a light blue can with like little white stripes around it and shit. It was garbage. 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 No, they, they still make Mr. Pib. I like Doctor Pepper. Pib's all right. Mm-hmm. Mr. Pib is Pepsi's version of of Doctor Pepper, right? Yeah. What is yeah. it? The Walmart Doctor Wall, I think. Uh, Walmart does a good job on all of them. Doctor uh, or uh, Doctor Thunder. Doctor Thunder, and then there was the Mountain Dew. They had a, a Mountain. Yeah, IBC Mountain root beer kind of came along and killed everybody. That's for sure. That, that's just IBC's good. quality. Yeah. Although my grandmother used to make a great root beer, she she had a good home recipe. She would make homemade beer? root beer every year. Root boot. Root boot. Yeah, mellow yellow. Mellow yellow root was Pepsi's answer to. Uh, like mellow yellow. Mellow yeah, yellow was horrible. Coke. Yeah, it was awful. Squirt's good. Squirt's good. Moxie. Oh, Moxie Ooh. is gross, fret level midnight. Licorice. Ugh. Moxie is chocolate water. No, isn't that's uh you're thinking of Yoohoo. I'm thinking of Yoohoo, sorry, my mistake. Moxie is is like licorice coke. Licorice yeah. cola. Ew. Licorice Ew. cola. Ew. You guys don't yeah. get that uh, that's that's an East Coast thing, I think Moxie. Yeah, Moxie's gross. I was thinking of Yoohoo, my mistake. Yoohoo is chocolate water. Yeah. Are people old enough to remember just what an amazing moment it was, even though it was a total ploy in the end when classic Coke came back? New Coke. From from yeah. New Coke. Does yeah. anyone Coke, remember which that? The egg sold. I remember that. Absolutely. Mistakes. I took the Pepsi challenge. 85, 86, man. That was just <laughs> new Coke. Yeah. And you were like, what is this? It's gross. It was like tastes yeah. like medicine. I remember buying it at the um the concession stand at, at, at my my baseball game in uh in eighty five or eighty yeah probably about eighty five. Greatest like, move ever, greatest move ever because Coke realized at the time Pepsi was gaining on them so much that they changed their flavor to taste a little more like Pepsi. Yeah, and then and then reminded people, yeah, Pepsi's not as good as what we really <laughs> right. It, it was it, it was brilliant. It was brilliant in its simplicity. <laughs> Do we know for sure though? Was, was it say, a ploy or was it a, a dumb move that they fixed and it just worked out? I don't think they ever came forward and said that it was. It was in the end, in the end, Coke wins, and that's all that yeah, matters. That's it. I mean, I dude, I remember, I remember when them classic came back. Man, it was yep. just like gold. people went nuts. Yep, nuts. It was a great move. You know, today that would be a deliberate viral marketing ploy, like when yeah. somebody when somebody pretends that they got a racist comment on their receipt. Some waitress pretends they got a racist comment on their receipt so they can set up a GoFundMe to have people contribute money so they can pay for their, their baby mama stuff. <laughs> oh, it happens all the nice, time. Nice segue there. It's true. Remember? Yeah, yeah. what a mistake that was. Remember? Remember Crystal, Crystal Pepsi? How much did that cost Pepsi? Because they had to pay Van Halen how much? Not Good only night, that, they, they paid Robert Plant too. No, yeah, Robert Plant did Crystal Pepsi shit too. Wow, where's the Pepsi? Tall, cool one. <laughs> yep. 
Pepsi and Ringdings. Mexican cola is interesting. Um, you know, when you live in a place like Arizona, you can get that a lot. I think they've got it in Southern California too because they just ship it up. Um, and all it is is basically Coke yeah. and, and Pepsi with real sugar in it. They have it here too. Yeah, real sugar. It's good. It's re- it's better it's than like, God. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so much sweeter than the high fructose shit. You know what the best Coke is though? McDonald's Coke. <laughs> oh, ah. The Coke you get it upstairs at the Rainbow. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Miami. So, Sorry. So, so I've heard. Studio 54. The best Coca-Cola is at McDonald's. I, I've heard that, too. Oh, that's it's, what, it's the best bathroom. Yeah, they, they like do just a, a little bit more on the syrup than most. Oh, how about the glass bottle? Like the, the old fashioned one. Anything oh. out of a glass bottle is better. Yeah, the Mexican cokes because they use it. They use uh, uh, real, not the corn syrup. Uh, where, where were you? Where were you about just, two minutes ago when Paul Paul was saying? I don't know. Real sugar, real I, cane sugar. I'm, I'm hey, faded, look who's live. Nobody, just us. <laughs> There's no other shows. No, there are no Baja other shows Blast. right now. Yes, Hellstorm. <laughs> Baja oh, Blast. Baja Blast. <laughs> Nothing better with a taco than uh, or Taco Bell with that Baja Blast, man. You got to get Dew's. How many different flavors has Mountain Dew had? A lot now. The man. Code Red, the the Baja Code Red's Blast, good. <laughs> Grape. Does anybody remember Cactus Cooler? Mm-mm. No. What about Ecto Cooler? Yeah. Is that, like, is that like a California thing, Cactus Cooler? I've heard of it. Yeah. Is that a Mountain Dew? Was that actually a Mountain Dew product, or I don't think so. It was their own, uh, their own thing. Cactus, cactus, cactus. All right, uh, we've run out of stuff. We've, we're unlike real Coke, where this thing has run out of steam. <laughs> huh. Well, nobody else is live, so it's just us. Oh, that joke, talking... that, you know what, John? That joke worked the second time. Good for you. <laughs> you, you, you came back to it. You came back to yeah, it. Usually, I'm usually good for and one, it's him. one good line. One good yeah. line a week. He's you know. the one saying that. It's not you don't deliver- blame me. I'm just saying. No, no, it's John, not John E. John delivered the joke. Most people ignored it. I caught it and was like, okay, nice, well played. Acknowledged it. Even acknowledged it live here. I didn't hear you it. Back. You went back to it and it still played. Good job. And, and Paul drove it into the time. ground. Yeah. I didn't hear it the oh, first any- time or the second time. Good. Yeah. Anything but you caught, it, but you caught it last week. Oh, I did. Oh man, now, now I'm mad. I don't have to go back and watch it. Yeah, because you didn't send it to us in slow motion, right? That's true. You should have yeah. timestamped that one. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. What? What? I double dog dare you. That's yeah. Keith Campbell brings up a good point. IBC root beer is still a distant second to A and W root beer. A and W root beer was so good that they had restaurants. But IBC came <laughs> in the glass bottle. Let's get that get you back to the glass bottle. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Would you rather drink a you know a Heineken out of a bottle or out of a can? You know, I don't I, know yeah, why I chose Heineken, but neither. You know, yeah, rolling either, rock. I'll take you rolling rock. Yeah. yeah, anything out of a glass bottle is better. I don't know. I, I don't think there's anything on earth better than that first sip of Coke, like in ice. It's just the best thing ever. We used it to, when they, when they, remember those mini bottles, the 10 ounce Coke bottles? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
there was a place, I don't know if they still have them. John Biel would be able to tell me they were called store 24 <laughs> and they, they were essentially a, uh, seven 11 or a quick trip or store whatever you want to call. Yeah. Store 24. Um, store two four. is that what you guys call it now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Store 24 was a, um, a convenience store that was open 24 hours, obviously. And they would have, they would go on special in the summertime. They would have the, the 10 ounce bottles of Coke in the glass bottle for 10 cents. Eight or eight ounce or 10 ounce. Cause I know they make, the eight, they make the now eight, they make the smaller ones. Yeah. That make your hands look like, you know, that picture of Andre, the Andre giant, the giant. Your hand? I yeah. think the originals were eight ounce. That was like, yeah, you'd get it for a nickel back in 1927, but you would get them. You could get them at store 24 for 10 cents. So if you had five bucks, you got diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> diabetes. Kurt, diabetes. Kurt, do you store um, Mexican Cokes Two in four. your glass Coke machine in your garage? Kurt, is it one of the ones that you open the like the little thin refrigerator door and you pull them out? Ooh. Is it one of those? And then the bottle the get slots. refilled? It probably has the metal slots. Those things were awesome. Yeah, you, you the, the slots where they were all lined up yeah. at an angle so you pulled one out and it rolled another one right in there do you have that kurt that's fucking awesome come in here kurt for the last 10 minutes yeah do a uh do uh do a laz from last week <laughs> save it's the last 10 minutes of the show it's retrofitted for beer oh <laughs> disappointment <laughs> oh, i know like what are you doing why would you do that <laughs> Karen, why 40, did you do that, Karen? Do you have the 44 model or the 88 model? That's how many bottles it fits. Get watch, get, you gotta watch American Pickers. Is Laz waiting to play, by the way? Or to play us out? Is he gonna play? Ain't talking about something. <laughs> He's back. Ain't talking about Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't talking about much. Yeah, we're we're really killing the last twelve minutes of the show right now. We're just like, okay. Oh, I've had a few. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here it is. Here's Kurt's, what. Uh, oh, oh, cool. Jesus. Yeah, my green screen. Great. <sighs> that is cool. Yep, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Heineken. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why would you put beer in that? How many times did you like scrape your knuckles on one of those, right? Yeah, oh. It's a lot of work for a beer. Does it have the does it have the bottle opener on it? Does it have the bottle opener on the side? I think right. it does. That's kind of neat. That's old school. I got a feeling, a feeling that Mitch won't die. Is it in one of those? Uh... It used to be. It should be that little metal thing on the on the on the. No, it isn't. Right. That's no, the one key. Of, one of the, uh, the cutouts there. One of the holes. Yeah, it it's got to be one of the one. holes. And it the just bottom one would be a change hole. Right so it'd be that top hole. Yeah. The top hole is for caps. Oh. You got to put it in the right hole. Here's it's the, the real thing. thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's the real thing. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I am a failure. Oh, oh, oh my! <laughs> I was thinking, like how how ironic it would be if Nerd Halen went in a slot right before Great White and like closed with that, that song. 
<laughs> yeah, right. We're gonna do a song that no it's one's an unreleased ever heard. Van Halen song. <laughs> but we'll do the uh that's why I love you version. Dude, that's why I love you. Or you play after them, and in the middle of their set, you just go up and start wheeling their stuff off and wheeling your stuff on. <laughs> By the way, is is John Heater doing It's the Right Time with his Mitch Malloy experience? Here's a song I would have written if it hadn't been written by somebody else and sung by somebody else before. <laughs> somebody doesn't uh, like those Secchies. He, he played it uh, solo. Did he? Yeah. Who, Mitch? I think, he, I think he did. I think he played that solo. I think I've heard it. Well, Jumping in the up. video, he's playing it live with a band, his own band. So, okay. It's mm -hmm. definitely something probably at his sets he would say, you know, this is the song I wrote with Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> Even though I don't really like Eddie Van Halen and badmouth him as much as I possibly can when nobody's looking. Oh shit! <laughs> Allegedly, see now I'm I'm covered. Now you're covered. Yeah, now I'm covered. All you have to do is say allegedly. Can't prove it. No action. You think say something it. like no that? You Reportedly, think you you think you say something like that. Um, you might not want to leave a paper trail. Why would who left a paper trail? What are you talking about? Not you. Oh, I'm talking about. <laughs> Eminem, you would, th yeah, you would think. <laughs> uh, yes, KXM Rock, I saw that news as well. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I'm going to be putting together my uh, my video, my 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 demo reel, based upon appearances on this show and my commentary on Mitch Malloy to replace Chris Cuomo weeknights on CNN. Chris Cuomo <laughs> has been fired. <laughs> Can you imagine? I am Paul Marshall. Let's get after it. Mitch Malloy, fraud? It'd be, like, it'd be like Joe Piscopo Saturday Night Sports. Hello, everybody. Mitch Malloy, fake, talentless. Oh, shit. Napoleon Dynamite? <laughs> Actually, he's not talentless. He's just not talented enough to make it on his own. He's got to sing other people's songs. Fact. Yeah. Fact. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yes, Keith Campbell's right. He did suggest this on my Facebook page that I do braids for my headshot so I can seem very, very hip like the kids. <clears throat> By the way, can we put here's here's let's talk some shit. You ready to talk some shit, Jay? We got four minutes. Four minutes nice. to talk shit. I'm gonna talk shit right now. I'm gonna give you a name. It's the rabbit fryer around with Paul Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk shit for four minutes about a guy who has no business getting the quality of women that he gets on a regular basis. And that person is the human monkey. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Pete Davidson. <laughs> the human monkey. Who's a human monkey? Pete Davidson. Yeah, but it's Kim picture. Kardashian a quality yes, no. one. I mean, I, I don't see no, it. No, no, no. no. It's, a, it's quality ass for <laughs> Pete Davidson. Oh, my God. Yeah, oh, Kurt. Kurt. <laughs> Rob Johnson. <laughs> uh, Who's Pete Davidson? He's SNL. He's he's like a 
He's funny as fucking hell, though. He's, he's pretty funny, yeah. Proof funny. that sense of humor, but go down the list of chicks Pete Davidson has nailed. It's, Ariana Grande. It's fucking retarded. Kate Beckinsale. Ariana Grande, Kate really? Beckinsale. He's he's banging a Kardashian now. I mean, uh, that's not a really an exclusive club, but oh but god, for, that guy. Pete Human. Davidson. What did you call him? Look at that. Pete Davidson has Ariana Grande wrapped around his fucking Eminem haircut. Oh Look at him. God. How did that happen? She let it slip that he's got a, a huge hog, by the way. So <laughs> maybe that's the story. Well, it's either a big dick or a big bank account, and he's still on Saturday Night Live. So could be both. Yeah. Could be both, yeah. Ridiculous. How does this fucking guy get those women? Come on. Because he has problems. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. They're but damaged. They're, women. they're women damaged. Love women. to fix guys. He's a, he's a 9-11 orphan, too. Yeah, he certainly is. Is he? Oh, man. Yeah. His dad was a firefighter. I will tell you, when he did, he did a bit about 9-11 about his father that I thought was brutally funny. Um, and I thought it took a lot of balls for him to be able to do that. I'm sure that's how he's coping with it, is just through, you know, morose humor. But um unbelievable the amount of chicks that that guy gets silly all right there's your five minutes that's <laughs> that's what that's what qualifies make as him like laugh, a, dude make him who, laugh who are we talking shit about this guy hmm, that, that guy, guy. <laughs> we're not uh, we're not talking shit we're we're, we're just we're curious envious it's jealous envious. well no, no i'm not in i i would i wouldn't say envious i mean um, four out of the five guys on this show have outkicked their coverage. So, uh, <laughs> we're still processing that. It's a compliment, John. You'll figure Thank it out you. tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. How does, how does that happen? Right. He's on the left. He's. Beckinsale. That's Kate, Beck Kate Beckinsale. He banged oh. her too. Oh my god! That's his, on the right. That's his uh his 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 resume. His menagerie. Right yeah. Man. Who are the two on the right? I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. I guess. All you got to like do is. Blonde. And he's all right with Beckinsale and Ariana Grande is two more than he should have ever gotten. He's like the Anthony Michael Hall of his day. I think. It's kind of like, I don't know who else you can. He was on SNL. You know. He looks like a reject from Twilight. <laughs> he looks like a dork. I mean, yeah, but that's all right. It works today. Didn't work in my day. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous how that guy, the ass that he's able to pull. Good Damn. on him. Yeah, no, I'm I'm a lot like Mitch. Good for you, sir. <laughs> More power to you. Well, I'm glad we finished strong tonight. So Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks, Paul. I'm glad I could help. No, but we did have fun, didn't we, folks? Anyway. Watch the Beatles good? documentary. If you Definitely. love music, watch the Beatles documentary. Okay, let me take these off. Sorry. Not so blurry. <laughs> yes. Watch the Beatles documentary. Tonight, by the way. Everyone have a great week, I hope. Uh, looking forward to uh, Johnny's what you, shows. What are you looking forward to? Johnny's shows coming up on Tuesday with... Uh, 80s metal, etc. Tomorrow, and, uh, tomorrow the string change show. String change. I've, I got. Oh. Wait, I, here you go, Johnny. String wait. change show. 
Brought to you by. Thank to the Yostinator for sending. He sent like a whole. Bu- I got like nine sets of strings from Yostinator. Jesus thank you, Yostinator. Thank, wow. thank you so much. Generous. And I've got a. I've got a. Glary. A blurry Glary. A blurry Glary. Just, that Glary just sent me. A Glary restring that blurry. tomorrow. Glary Blary. Paul's got his. Uh, <laughs> that's a nice Glary. explorer. Glary why, didn't we get, why didn't we see that? That new Paul? No, no. Ooh, hell no. I just I'd never break it out because it's a pain. Everyone grab their nearest guitar. It's a pain in the ass to put on a, on a stand. They don't sit right on a stand, and I have to put. Come fucking, on, Caleb. You know you I have want to it. put towels and shit on the stand because it's nitro finish and you don't want to get stand burn. That's the only thing that sucks about Gibson guitars. I'll use nitro finish. Handle. Doesn't work. I gotta on bring the it stand. to my guy, but look who's back. Yeah. <gasps> And I'm I, at some point I will eventually, I will eventually unbox the head rush. And work with it, but until then I'm still just sort of playing dry into the. I just realized I've been muted for the past few minutes. I'm like these guys are not even talking right over because you're high. There you go. There you go. <laughs> There it is. You can't put strings on that thing and like get it up to. Up he doesn't to know how to do that. No, he needs a tech. Anybody want to? Yeah, I put strings on it, but I have to. I have to get it like the Floyd grounded and all that shit. It's still Are you solid. taking a guitar tech with What's you? What's hard for, about that? For the cruise, Caleb. What's hard about that? Dude, put, put the tape in the middle of the glasses and get What's to work. What's the deal? What's the deal with this trip? <laughs> Come on, that's not a Kramer. <laughs> Who built this guitar? It doesn't rest on the body. How many springs? <laughs> you gotta get Caleb string together. Caleb is the Jeff Gordon of guitar players. He can play. <laughs> he can play them, but he won't work on them. <laughs> NASCAR fans love that joke, by the way. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, NASCAR fans love that joke. The Jeff Gordon man, he's so not legit because he doesn't work on his own car. All right. Man. Jeff Gordon. Maybe he called Derek Van Halen. He can string his own guitar. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he put I'm sure he put me in, in perfect tune. What is the shower shirt claw? What is that? The what? Johnny, can you please pull oh, that the Shaller sure claw. What is that? I don't know. Sounds like it's a tremolo aid. I, I'm going to get, uh, I, I think I have one somewhere. Uh, one of the, the uh, trem stops from Adam at FU Town. Town. There you go. Is that you, Paul? Mm-hmm. Right. Trem stop. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hey, how about that? Yeah. <laughs> I got it right. Kind uh, of. Johnny, yeah, let's get the hell out of here. All right, let's get out of here. GTA. Hey, yeah, we're Johnny, done. didn't you have a like an epic GP, GTA? Uh, I do. Show, I mean, it's not totally, uh, it's not the totally other night. epic, but but it's uh, it's been 24 hours, so I can show it. 
because everything on Twitch has to be exclusive for uh, 24 hours. There you go. A little uh, Frampton to, to finish up here tonight. Yeah, sure, that was Peter Frampton with Dan uh, Yeah. <laughs> do you feel like we do? Do you feel like we do? All right. Fram- Frampton Ro- comes on five. <laughs> Robot, are you in here, man? Robot. Robot. Master switch. All right. Uh, yeah, I'll show a, a small clip from last night. It's like it's like a minute long. Uh, and yeah, I'll be doing some GTA in a, in a few. There you are, man. Change Dude, last night was word. insane, man. Change the last word in Grand Theft Auto. What would it be? the seven C's. Grand Theft uh, Chucho. Yeah, Chucho. What? All right, let's watch it. Go, Johnny. Do it. Do it. Suspense is killing me. All right. Basically, it's just to show you we have a good time over there. It's 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 uh it's me and and uh, Robot Master Switch hanging out. All right. See you guys later. Johnny Bean TV. Yeah, so you're slowly getting the crew together. That car is so much fun. It's so fast. Ah, I gotta get the better cars. It looks cool too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, see now the day's ending is gonna kill you. Watch out, Johnny. Run. Huh? Maybe not. <laughs> what is that? Like a Mach One Mustang? Can I drive what kind it? Of car is that? Oh yeah, that's I don't weird. know what What's that is. Do you Tommaso Pantera? It's so weird. It's just like gestures, like follow it's where like he's the, pointing. The, follow him. The, uh, the, that's the, what that the, what do you call it? The James Bond. Di Tommaso looks no. like Spy That Loved Me. Oh, this is Delorean. Oh, and oh, he has. Oh, this one also flies. He was telling you go to his other car. Well, this guy has all that's the toys. That's Master Switch. Are we really watching talking. video games? Yeah, Delorean. Press X. 62 oh, he's telling you to drive it. Oh, dude, you gotta be pals with this guy. Where's X? Oh. Yeah, yeah, he sent me a firm request. Yeah, make it, make it fly, dude. Does this have the jet, too? <laughs> it's, so, it's, it's so much full of badass. Badass. 88 miles per hour! Man, both these cars are cool, man. I miss Carmageddon. I gotta figure out a way to, like, how do you get better in the game and you can make more money to, like, buy more cool stuff like this. He said no jets. Oh, there's guns in it, too? No jets. Whoa. Zarbs. No way. He said just hovers. Just hovers. No way. Oh, it's so sick. No, it's not. It's a video game. Yeah, look at this. You hover, so, so you can just like you can just like you can just hang out. <laughs> Sorry. A game like Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> this is the clip that missiles. Johnny shows us. 
Oh, yes. That's epic, man. That's, that's oh, some crazy stuff. It's like Blade 